dream team. Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the big three. It's the dream team. Big three IDP. Let's go. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defense and football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big Three IDP Podcast. And I'm joined in StreamYard tonight by two fellow degenerates. We're starting on our maiden voyage of year two, boys. It's Bobby Reynolds, Adam Markham. Gentlemen, how are we this evening? Doing so good, Josh. <laughs> I love it on StreamYard because no one has any idea who's supposed to talk next. Like, we're well, just yeah. kind of we're guessing. Bob's next in line, so I was like, well, Bob's going to take it because he's next, but you waited too too long. I'm going to get in there. He is going to get in there, Bob. We know this. I'm I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm uh, doing all right. A little sleepy, but, you know, that's just kind of the way we go these days. That's why I had to stop and get me a little Taco Bell Baja Blast uh, Zero Sugar, get the old caffeine intake up a little bit just to have some energy for the sode, you know? Mm-hmm. can't come out flat adam this is the first episode of our second year you know it's like a second season of television you got to come out strong with the premiere episode it's so surreal but we're so thankful for this platform i mean seriously thank you so much for this platform guys <laughs> is this teenage girl thankful speech character yeah just won my Nickelodeon award. There you go. Yeah, you're getting the blimp and you're getting slime on your head. Everyone sure. that's like of 28 to 35 gets that reference. Mm-hmm. Love yeah, it. Just YouTube stars. Uh, that's that's all that the kids look up to now these days. Everybody yeah, wants to be a YouTuber. Speaking of that, what about the uh, what's his name? John Paul and uh, Luke Paul. The YouTube oh, guy. The, the bros. The yeah, Logan Paul and Jake Paul. Isn't one of them boxing right ahead of so? the uh, the Tyson one? Who's he boxing? Uh, oh. Kevin Hart, maybe? Yeah. Or was it? No, it was um, somebody pretty notable. Um, yeah. I'll we'll see if I can find out who it was. Uh, but it, well, yeah, the Mike Tyson coming back. Roy Jones Jr., September 12th. I mean, 2020 Dude. just keeps getting weir- weirder. But Tyson's like training videos look pretty freaking scary, man. Like I don't want to box that dude. No, for sure. It's a, and he's he's boxing Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a beast in his heyday. Also, oh, yeah. uh, Loki had a awesome uh, rap album. Um, do you remember this this album, Josh? Roy Jones Jr. He was yes, a dude. For a little bit. It was awesome. That, that album was great. It was a great it album. Was, uh, yeah, listened to it a lot in high school. <laughs> So they wanted him to fight an NBA guard, Nate Robinson. That's it. That's it. They booked it too. Yeah. It's going to be Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. That's awesome. That is bizarre. That 2020 just can't get any weirder. Did y'all watch any of the baseball tonight? Baseball was back. Uh, It was Yankees nationals. And I think Dodgers was the second game, Bob. Yep. Dodgers and somebody else. Red Sox. Maybe. I think you might be right. I don't know. I actually had a fantasy baseball draft last night. And um, Dodgers Giants. I told a buddy of mine who was in it, I said, uh, I took Ryan Braun with like the last pick of the draft. And I said, the last time I played fantasy baseball, I'm pretty sure I took Ryan Braun like in the first like four picks. Like it's been a been a minute. Been a minute. Yeah. So how appropriate is this? The Yankees Nationals game ended in six innings because of a rain delay. So it's like we're getting a shortened season and the first game of the season symbolically only lasted six innings. 
So there you go. Baseball's back. It was very, very weird because the announcers aren't in the stadium. There are no fans. I saw L.A. um, They were putting like cardboard cutouts in behind home plate. Mm -hmm. Um, We were watching a little bit of the pregame stuff, so I didn't actually get to see. Did you see, Bobby, the actual like fake fans in the stands? All I saw was what you're talking about. The cardboard players that were like behind the... uh, Behind the batters is what it looked yes. like. It was really awkward. Well, the only- what were they? Wh- who were they? Were they just like random people on these cardboard cutouts? I think they were the players. I think they oh, really? were the players back there, which made it even more awkward. But the weird thing, too, to me was uh, John Carlos Stanton hit a home run in the first game. And uh, I think it was Alex Rodriguez who was the announcer. And he was just like, that ball's probably going to sit out there for probably eight innings, which is really weird. And then a guy immediately went and got it. So, <laughs> yeah, and sold it. A-Rod, A-Rod's debut, I don't, has he called games before? I know he was like a studio guy. He's been um, on the Sunday Night Baseball, I believe, for a couple of years now with the okay. uh, Jessica Mendoza. That, that felt like that felt like a debut for him calling games because he was he was not good. I don't know if he's just rusty from not getting any reps here this year, but I was like, oh man, A Rod not doing so hot here calling this game. Um, so yeah, baseball's uh, back. Yes, Eddie. The body headbangers. Roy mm-hmm. Jones Jr. presents the body headbangers. Everyone go uh, stream that right now. That's uh, they had that one single off of there that was um, can be touched. Yes, that one. That's a that's a that's a banger right there. Mm. Yeah, that's a body headbanger. That's right, Addy. God, you still got it. We're a year in, and you still just bringing the fire. Man, <laughs> just go really, ahead, really on, man. We're gonna mark all these down for uh, the clip show year two. That's right, year two clip show. So we've got a good episode for y'all. Uh, Bobby was kind enough to do some prep in the doc for us, and we've got a fun segment. You know, people talk about ceiling and floor. What are the outlooks for certain players, Bobby? But ceiling and floor, it's it's kind of played out. It's a little tired here. Yeah. So what what are we rebranding this exercise as? You know, it's gonna be uh, from the window. To the wall. There you go. Speaking of another rap banger from our <laughs> 2000s, Addy. <laughs> Bring them all back. That Just, was, uh, that's the Yin Yang twins, I believe. And Lil right. John. Uh-huh. And yeah. Lil John. Yep. Yeah, that Lil wasn't John, at man. a, uh, that wasn't at a middle school uh, dance that you went to. You went to the wrong middle school. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, so the, wall, the wall, for instance, is going to be our floor, and then the uh, the window is going to be the ceiling for us. So we're going to go through here and talk about players, players, uh, Windows in the walls. There you go. Finish the loot. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's uh, sitting out in that shack. It would have been very appropriate at the end of that (laughs) lyric. Um, So we're going to do that. It's going to be fun. Bobby's got 30 players listed for us here. Some some guys that aren't necessarily off the radar, but guys that we just haven't touched on as much on the Big 3 IDP podcast. So we want to give some love. You know, we're trying to hit every fantasy-relevant player on both sides of the ball in our divisional previews, but we haven't gotten to every team yet. So there are some that um, we're still going to touch on here and so we'll hit 30 players we're going to just kind of buzz through them and give their fantasy outlook what is the ceiling what is the floor or as bobby said what is the window and what is the wall Mm -hmm. but first gentlemen we have some news and after the news we're actually going to dig into the listener league draft that is going on right now on sleeper i think we're in the 25th round of 27 addy is that correct i believe so 
Got a lot so, of little baby sharks in there. That's right. That's right. This is our little fish pond. We're growing some baby sharks. Right. So we're just going to. So we're, what I'm going to do is I'll show if I can get it pulled up. I'll try to show the draft board and um, we will actually go through and just look at some picks real quick. We'll talk about our teams and the strategies that we were using and just touch on some of our favorite picks. And then we'll get into the window to the wall segments. But let's start with some news. And this first bit here is a little bit of Big 3 IDP news. So this is the start of year two for us. This is our first episode in year two. And so we did 56 episodes in year one. And so my goal for us before the, before the season kicks off, the Thursday night kickoff game, Chiefs-Texans, if everything goes according to plan, which hopefully it will, um, we want to get to 56 reviews on Apple Podcasts before the season starts to celebrate all the episodes we did in year one. Right now, we're at 22. When I say review, I mean an actually written out review. Uh, I think we have more star ratings that aren't full reviews. So we're running another contest here, fellas. And what we're going to do is if you send us a screenshot of your review, even if you've already written one, we'll enter you into a giveaway for one of our new shirts in a color of your choice. I don't think any of us are wearing the shirts tonight, but you uh, can go back and see them on previous episodes. They're really awesome. Addy, I think uh, you were kind of the guiding force. And we just wanted something that looked a little different for podcast merch. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> everything we've tried to do as a brand, you know, uh, we, we wanted we wanted our stuff to look good. You know, so I think we, we've seen that and everything we've put out. Um, and yeah, I, another note I'll say about these shirts my wife got one as well. She said it's the uh, softest shirt she, she's ever had. So They are very soft. Mm -hmm. I can attest. Uh, Bobby, you all have two shirts as well. I got one for myself, um, and they are super-duper soft. So mm -hmm. definitely recommend these shirts. Um, they're very stylish. You can go on our website and actually see what they look like, and you can purchase one if you'd like to just buy one. They're very affordable. I think it's like 20 bucks for a shirt and like $4 shipping, so 25 bucks total. We also have like long sleeve shirts and sweatshirts on there but Hoodies. check that out mm -hmm. yeah hoodies so uh we'll be giving away a shirt so send us a screenshot of your written out review with a star rating and also if you send us a screenshot of you recommending the podcast to someone you know that's a fantasy football fan maybe um you know uh, I, especially an IDP player will give you a bonus entry. So two ways to get entered in for the contest, but let's get up to 56 reviews before the start of the year. So we've got 34 to go before we hit that mark, fellas. I feel confident that the big threesome can make this happen. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have so much faith in them now, Josh. Oh, Addy have faith, baby. We need a little bit of faith here in 2020 to get us through. Uh, I don't know about that, Josh. <laughs> it just it just keeps getting worse. It does. It really does. Maybe faith is is uh, just not seeing us through anymore, sadly. But I have faith in our listeners, Addy. I really do. Um, mm. So we mentioned, uh, you know, hopefully the season starts as it is supposed to um, on the uh, the kickoff game there between the Texans and Chiefs. Um, we'll see. There's been some rumblings about the owners potentially delaying the start of training camp if the financial side is not figured out. I have a feeling this is going to get ironed out this week before training camp starts, but we'll see. One thing that did come out, though, this week in the news is that there will be zero preseason games. 
And instead of us sitting here and talking about this news, I actually want to introduce you all. If you haven't heard yet, this is the Bless the Knees, a Vikings podcast. Addy, it's your favorite team. And it was the second pod that we launched on the Big Three Network. Um, We have Andy and Justin doing awesome work on the pod. They just dropped their third episode and they talked about this very piece of news. So we wanted to include a little snippet here so you can get a taste of that pod and go over and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So Justin and Andy, take it away. And then we'll be back to talk about the rest of the news. Let's get into some NFL news here. We've kind of been babbling enough here. Um, Just seeing the other day, it looks like the NFL Players Association announced that there are going to be no zero preseason games. Zero. And last podcast we talked, there was they had cut it back to two. And we kind of talked about, you know, the impact that would have. Um, So now now what do you think about this whole no preseason game ordeal? I try to think of it in in context of different point of views. And if I was a player, well, if I was a player already established on the roster, I'd be ecstatic about it. I mean, yeah, you know, because, you know, you can get injured and um, well, and just with every, with the COVID and all this stuff happening, I can see why everyone's like, yeah, let's try to like limit like our contact before we get all the testing and stuff in place. Yeah. But if I was like a, you know, a late round pick or even undrafted guy, this would be like, this would be really hard to hear. This would be like, it would be really difficult. We're going to have people getting cut from every single team without playing a single game, without getting any game time. Strictly from what they see in training camp, they're going to have to cut multiple people. That, yeah, that is one of the, the primary concerns. Um, the, the, I guess the thing to also think about too is like I think a lot of us NFL fans we put a lot of stock into preseason games because we get to see what the players get to do, you know. Yeah. Um, but kind of like a little bit of a spin zone on this, or another way to look at it is, you know, the coaches get to see them in practice and scrimmages and things like that. So I have no doubt that they're going to be able to get a good, uh, you know, like a good finger on whether or not the player is good or, or, you know, or has talent or whatever, but I'm just bummed because now we can't see that. Yep. Um, Cause that would be the time where I would get really excited about, you know, Kyle Sloter, the preseason hero or, or yeah, there's know, some people that shine in preseason too. And then come regular season, they just can't do it. Yes. So, th- th- so like part of me just as a football fan in general, I'm sad because I can't watch that progress being made or, you know, I can't watch like one preseason game where the guy's like struggling. Then in the fourth one, he's like, Oh, it looks like he's maybe catch it on. Um, you know, so it's a little, it's a bit of a bummer because you can't see that, but I can definitely understand why the NFLPA pushed for that. Yeah. And I also saw, it was something I didn't think about, but I saw a tweet earlier that talked about how preseason is almost like a preseason for the refs too, and getting their reps in for refing the game. So now we're going to have to just get that, you know, week one, week two. Oh yeah. That actually is a great point too. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, those refs, they need to get used to seeing like in game action. And um, I don't know. I'm hoping that, well, I mean, I'm sure they probably go to different teams to like, 
ref their scrimmages or something to like, or like watch old film or something to try to get back into that zone. But maybe just throw on some VR goggles, some some Oculus, and just dive right into an NFL game. That would actually just practice throwing flags. I would totally, if that was a video game, I would totally buy that. Like Ref Simulator? Yeah, and then I would make sure that I refed like every Packers game, and then you know, you know what would happen. We, I know. You know, you know what would happen. Yeah. There would be holding flags flying everywhere. No, they never hold. They can't. Well, but this is like this. This is my chance to to get back at them, Andy. So so they're always going to be holding in 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 my ref simulator. So. Okay. You know what? We need to we need to get that game made. We need to profit off of this idea. EA Sports, it's in the game. You're you're hearing it right now. You need to get this thing started. Because Ref Simulator. Ref Simulator 2021. It's probably going to be better than Madden because you just keep remaking the same game over and over and over and over. But Ref Simulator is going to be the next best thing. Yep. So that was Justin and Andy from Bless the Knees, a Vikings podcast. Addy, like we said, this is your favorite team. Have you been enjoying Bless the Knees thus far? It's been a blessing. It's been an absolute blessing. Uh, yeah, those guys are great. Really funny. Um, I love their uh, love their Minnesota accents. I don't. Even, are they even from Minnesota though? Are they originally from there? I think they live. They, they I think live Justin there. lives in South Dakota. He said, and then I think Andy lives somewhere else. Anyway, they're uh, they have accents and I like them. I'm sure that people love our accents as well. We sound like a bunch of country bumpkins to most people. I'm sure. I right, speak for yourself, John. Hey, Dad, don't, don't lump us into that. Um, so, yeah, go check out the pod. It's Bless the Knees, a Vikings podcast. You can get it wherever you listen to your podcast. They just put out their third episode. I think they're doing every other week right now until the season starts, and then they'll be picking up uh, once a week once we get into the season. So thanks, guys, for covering that piece of news. They're also, Listener League as well. Yes. So, yes, we will be talking about them in just a minute here when we get to the Listener League draft. We su- should mention they were two of the newbies that we added to the listener league along with our baby kyborg kyle borgononi from the fantasy footballers the editor-in-chief for them is in there as well doing his first idp draft he stuck to his word joined an idp league after we did the uh, making the case episode so we're going to talk about their drafts here in just a sec and we're going to have kyborg back on the show yes sir kyborg we never forget that you was a man of your word and you honored what you said you was going to do. This is Adam slowly having a stroke character, uh, <laughs> which is a, one of my favorites. So, Bobby, why don't you introduce this next piece of news? I know you were talking about this on Twitter earlier today. The Washington football team has a new name. Yeah. So uh, you just mentioned what their name was, Josh. It's uh, the Washington football team. So spoiler. Thanks a lot. Stepping okay. on my toes there. So this is, I was thinking about this, like for forever, right? Washington has been like the problem child of the NFL in terms of nicknames. It's like, okay, every other nickname, you know, maybe, you know, uh, some of them like, you know, chiefs, I don't know. It's debatable if that's okay or not. But like, we knew the Washington nickname was very troublesome and we've just been like, guys, please fix this. And it finally seemed like they were like we they weren't going to be kind of this albatross like outlier that got all this t- attention. Right. Kind of like the problem child. 
And now they go and do this essentially publicity stunt where they don't have a nickname and they're just going to be the Washington football team. Once again, drawing all sorts of attention to themselves. I don't know, Bobby, I think you're a fan, but this just annoys the hell out of me. It's like, figure it out, guys. It's a nickname. I agree a hundred percent. I do like it, but it is just so that they can stay in the news for another couple of weeks. But I love that beanie. Whoever put that beanie out, I want one. Well, it doesn't work now for the Los Angeles football team because there's two of them. Thanks a lot, Chargers. But uh, I dig it, man. It's kind of kind of vintage, kind of Ivy League kind of feeling. It's uh feels like they've been around for a while. But yeah, I agree. Just just pick a freaking mascot. You you like those uh, those numbers on the helmet? The I do like the uniforms. The uniforms are sick. I don't know if I've seen them yet. Yeah, I don't mind them. Josh, uh, you you mentioned Problem Child twice. Um, you guys remember that movie? <laughs> I, no. <laughs> it's, what, it's a good. It's a good. Was movie. it was it the Macaulay Culkin movie? No, it no, was, that was that was, was the like Good the Child. Knockoff. It was like the knockoff version. I, my, it was definitely before that. Okay. Um, a really good movie though. Probably you know, probably airing on USA right now. <laughs> we'll have to go check it out. My only, uh, my only take on today was that the Washington football team got upstaged by the, and I don't know if maybe this came out today or not, but I saw it today. The, uh, Seattle Kraken, mm. uh, that was an awesome trailer. Like that really was. That's how you do a name reveal. Washington exactly. pay attention. Like that yeah, looks really it. good. It's I'm not a huge fan of team names that don't end in S, but this is one of those exceptions that I really do like. Um, and it makes sense. That. Yeah. Well, like there's some like magic and thunder. Yeah. You know, it's kind of dumb because it's a collection of people like the, t- the players that play for Dallas are the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. It's weird to say that the, the players that play for Oklahoma city are the thunder you know, it just doesn't quite work when you have multiple people. But this one was actually pretty good. And that that video was sick. I love the way I think someone else said the tentacle kind of climbed up through the S. Mm. It, was a, it was a good look. Yeah. But is thunder plural? Like that's the plural form of thunder, right? Mm. Thunders. Man, you just blew my you just blew my mind right there. I have no idea. <laughs> that was Lightning my goal. In the thunder. <laughs> Well, remember that song, Josh? Oh, yeah, I do remember very well. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if thunder is the plural of thunder. (laughs) I'd have to look it up. I remember me and Josh were uh, there's definitely a a recent night in the Soad Shack where uh, we were singing that for (laughs) that was after the Sig. That was after the Sig Soad. You were just sitting there, just shaking back and forth in front of the camera. Oh me! Who knows? That was out of out of body experience. You, that was you really were. Um, yeah. So countable and uncountable. Plural is thunders, according to Wiktionary So yeah, I don't know about sources. that. Yeah, I don't know about that. So let's uh, let's hit another piece of news here, fellas. Um, so Antonio Brown has been in the news here recently, announcing that he was going to retire on Twitter. Um, And then coming back and basically saying, NFL, why won't you reinstate me? I've done everything that you've asked. You've you have my cell phone. You've seen everything. And yet I still haven't been reinstated yet. And so, Addy, this was this this I think it got of attention like, oh, look at a B. He's so flamboyant. Like he is so like out there and just kind of a little bit nutty. And for me, this was kind of sad because there's. 
like it kind of reminds me of what's happening with Kanye right now. And that this is a person who is struggling with some form of mental illness. And yet we're all kind of like perpetuating this by giving him attention, laughing at this. Like, it's just, it, it, it strikes me as all wrong. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. It's, we, we live in a, uh, it's, we live in a tough world for people that have mental illnesses, you know, um, because, it's easy for them to share videos or, or share tweets or, you know, things like that when they're going through these manic episodes. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing with AB, what we've seen here recently with Kanye. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not funny. Uh, he, they definitely need help, but you know, it, it's hard. You can't tell someone like that to get help. You have to, they have to want it for themselves. Um, because again, you know, they are like Superman in their own heads, pretty much. Um, their egos are just too big and, and, and they have mental illness. They don't, they can't see things clearly. Um, so it's just sad. It's, it's, uh, I hate it that I hate it that it has to play out so publicly, but that's just, you know, the, the way it has to be when you, when you're dealing with people like that, that are pretty much celebrities. Um, but it's just sad. I hope, I hope he gets the help. He, he, you know, he needs, I hope it doesn't get worse. I worry that we're going to, you know, wake up and Kanye is going to be dead. Same thing with AB, you know, it's just, you know, you never know what these, with these types uh, of people. Um, so I, I just hope for the best, but yeah, it's, it's not funny. Um, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, Bob, I'm curious your take here. Um, I agree a hundred percent with what Adam said. It's a, uh, it's just sad. It's just sad. That's really what it boils down to. Somebody who had such a great career, even two years ago, you know, and I know this is a fantasy football podcast. And I guess if you want our fantasy take, at least mine, I'm not targeting Antonio Brown in any capacity, just because even if he does sign with a team, how long until he has some other type of, you know, issue kind of arise, which is terrible to say, but yeah, you know, we've had conversations in our, you know, in our main Slack about, could Antonio Brown have been, you know, one of the best receivers of all time if he had kept it together? I mean, people forget like when he left Pittsburgh in uh, 2018. Um, I mean, 2018 for him won Josh a, you know, a championship. I mean, AB went off that year, and then uh, we got one game of him last year, and and here we are today. So, yeah, I agree 100 percent with what Adam said. It's just it's sad to watch it, you know. Maybe if this were 1985 or 1995, we didn't have social media, it wouldn't be as big a deal. But <clears throat> seeing seeing how it all transpired has been pretty pretty saddening. Yeah, yeah. and and make must make no mistake. I mean, this is the best receiver that we've had, you know, mm-hmm. in the past ten years. I mm-hmm. think you know since Calvin, um, because I agree. from 2014 to 2018, I mean, dominant. Um, and I think even that 2018, like, wasn't like his, his usual self, but I mean, he was a monster. Um, and yeah, same thing with me. He won me a lot of money in my redraft leagues. So mm-hmm. always going to be grateful for to AB, but, um, yeah, just scary situation. Hope for the best. Real yeah. quick before we get Josh's take. Uh, so you got me on something real quick, Adam, my last, I think mine will be the same as yours, but my three favorite not favorite, but I think the three best receivers from the last 10-ish years have been A.B., um, Calvin Johnson, and Julio Jones. I think I that would be my list as well. Abby? Yeah. Um, 
I think I may swap New Hopkins in there for AB, but it's like those four in some combination. I think. Hmm. Nah, it's AB. Just AB. as far as like play people, I like watching play. You know, but as far as like the most dominant, yeah, I think it's probably those three. Mm-hmm. Would have been interesting to maybe see Calvin play a little longer. But, you know, on the A-B front, it's just that's the sad downside of the cult of celebrity that we have now. You know, these people are million dollar brands in and of themselves. So everything they do is newsworthy and they're not going to get out of the spotlight you know, we're not going to collectively, it's like a, it's like a car crash. We can't help, but stop and watch. And nobody ever gets to out to help these people, you know, and it's kind of the same thing with these celebrity meltdowns is we love to just sit and gawk because these people high up on their, you know, high up on their mountain are tumbling down to earth. And we just kind of yeah. secretly kind of love that. I think sometimes it's, it's sick really, but that's just how it is when these celebrities fall from grace. And this is playing out in real time now with social media and the 24 hour news cycle. So there's just no escaping it. You know, anything AB does is newsworthy. Dude, that's a perfect, uh, that's a perfect example. And I'm not a hero at all, but there was a weird time a couple years ago. We were on I-65, which is a pretty main interstate, and two cars flipped in front of me on two separate trips. And literally, like, I pulled a woman out by myself of a car that was upside down. She was unconscious. And then there was another situation. Me and my dad pulled this ma- this whole family out of an Isuzu Trooper that was upside down. And I told my wife not too long ago, I said, at what point do we become the culture to where We no longer go to like pull people out of upside down cars. We would rather take our phone out and video an upside down car on the interstate. It's true. And and Antonio Brown is an upside down car right now. He is. Cars on fire, gas is leaking everywhere, and we're just sitting here laughing about it. And I I don't want to like overgeneralize and say we're the only three that see this. I think there is. We want to (laughs) overgeneralize, Josh. We're good. Good people. Yeah. I just hope that uh, there are other people who recognize that what AB needs is not football. He doesn't need an agent. He doesn't need to be reinstated. He doesn't need to to anything to distract right now from the fact that this guy needs to get help and he needs to get his life back on track. Because Addie's right. You don't know where these things end up if if people don't get the help they need. So hope for the best for AB. Um, I don't want to see him anywhere on a football field anytime soon just because of what we know is going on. So that's the AB update. Um, so let's move into, gentlemen, the breakdown of our listener league draft. And I actually have a little treat for us. I am going to show us the draft board. So if you are looking at the YouTube, you can actually see uh, the draft board here. I'm going to get it pulled up. Let me just a second. All right, boys. So there is the draft board. Um, and Let's just start, Addy. You are uh, going to be the first team that we talk about here. So what we'll do is we'll talk about our teams just a little bit like what we were thinking as we went through and drafted guys. And then we will actually hit some picks that we liked from our other listeners that are in the league with us. So Addy, kick us off. Uh, who are the guys that you drafted so far? And what was your kind of thought process going into this draft? Okay, so first three picks off the board, um, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. That's I was definitely hoping one of those guys fell to me, figured it would be AK. Well, that did not happen. Um, so I go Michael Thomas because there's like a big tear break for me after those three guys. Um, 
And so, yeah, Michael Thomas, kind of a no-brainer. I mean, if he, uh, I don't think it's any coincidence that in most of the leagues I was in last year, the the team that had Michael Thomas ended up winning it all. Um, I know that was the case in our Listern League. I know it was the case in our RSO League. Um, so, so yeah, Michael Thomas, similar to AB. When we talk about when AB was in his prime, this is going to be a similar situation. There's no receiver that's in a better spot in the league than Michael Thomas. Um, you can pretty much bank on him being funneled 170 targets this year. So uh, Michael Thomas was the first pick. The next pick at 209 is Austin Eckler. Um, kind of like a modified zero RB. Um, I, I don't, you guys know me. I, I don't care about these running backs. I want one and then I'm going to take some dart shots, but I'm always going to try and just be loaded up receiver as you will see. So Michael Thomas, Austin Eckler, uh, three Oh four. We give my boy Odell. Um, I think we're due for a bounce back this year. I hope uh, so. It's more fun when Odell's good. Yep. Uh, four Oh nine Cooper cup. 504, Keenan Allen. Um, 609, I take Darius Leonard, which is a little unusual for me. I normally do not do that, but I don't have Darius Leonard anywhere. Um, and I wanted Darius Leonard. So, got to um, get you a Leonard share. I've got one in the Shark League and it feels oh so good. Yeah. Um, so then 704, I get my second running back. I get Cam Akers. Uh, we saw this week that uh, Sean McVay said there's going to be a four-way committee. That is some hogwash. Um, Cam Akers is, was drafted in the second round. He was, I think, what, the 52nd overall pick. Um, that was their first pick in this year's draft. They lost Dante Fowler and Corey Littleton. Uh, they don't have a first-round pick next year. John Johnson's expiring. Jalen Ramsey's expiring. Cooper Cup's expiring. Why would you take a running back to be part of a four-way committee? Why would you do that? They are the. I mean, that is like the most boneheaded team. If this, if if they really are three to four deep, and they're really going to be rotating these guys, they are dumb. And is it is it Snead? Is he the GM still? Less Snead. Yep. Get him out of there. That is that is horrible. Horrible, horrible. But I think this is more than anything. That's just coach speak, right? What's he going to say? Is he going to say, "Oh, we're going to immediately give it to the rookie who hasn't earned it yet," and and then potentially fracture your locker room off the you know right right out the gate? No, he's not going to do that. He's a coach. It's all about politics. So of course he's going to say that uh, Cam Akers is going to be part of a committee. It's going to be Cam Akers' job. Everybody. Eight oh nine. This is the first pick. I really kind of regretted. Um, Debo Samuel. It was just kind of a luxury pick for me. I was blinded by the drip. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be fine the second half of the, of the season, but I, I expect him to start on the pub. I don't see any reason for them to rush him back. Uh, if there's any team that can really afford to kind of be slow, I think it's them. Um, just because, I mean, they have, they have good depth and, uh, um, I, I just don't want to. I don't want to see them rush someone like him back, especially those foot injuries like that. Those are those are kind of scary. So nine oh four, I go Zach Moss, someone I'm super high on this year. I think he's going to automatically get to the uh, Frank Gore role, but I think he's going to earn more touches um, when he gets out there. I just think he's a he's a really good player, and that's going to be a really good offense for him. Ten oh nine, Josh Allen. Eleven oh four, Devin White. 
1209, Buddha Baker. 1304, Zadarius Smith, who is, uh, he gets DL eligibility. Um, 14, 1409, I get Christian Kirksey, someone that I think has got top 10 upside this year. Uh, 1504, I go Shaq Barrett. 1609, I go Tom Brady. Tampa Brady. Tampa Brady, that was the first quarterback. 16th round, everybody. Good God almighty. Like, do not overdraft these these quarterbacks this no. year. It's crazy. Let them fall. Like, just don't do it. Do not do that. Um, Dallas Goddard, 1704. Alan Lazard, Mac Wilson, Jason Pierre-Paul, Malcolm, Jenkin, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Blake Jarwin, LaVisca Chenault. Trip God. A.J. Dillon. I still got two picks to go. But I'm really pleased with this team. Um, I mean, I, uh, I'm loaded up on receivers. I feel like I've got a, a pretty dirty defense. But, you know, that's, that's, uh, that was to be expected. You know, that's just that's Adam comes away with the six squad per use, you know, per the use. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Great self analysis there. Great Thank stuff. You. So good. So, the only pick that you said you regret it really was Debo. Debo, but I don't think I'll regret it. Second, I think he could be useful for yeah. me down the stretch. So, um, yeah, it was, I thought I had a really good draft. Um, I mean, some of those picks late, man. I mean, getting Jason Pierre-Paul, um, Mac Wilson. Um, that Mac Wilson be. pick was dirty. I was mad at you for that Mac, Mac Wilson one. Mm-hmm. There were some nice values going around those later rounds, man. But um, I, I kind of wish I would have come away with a better uh, second defensive back. But, oh, well. You know, I, I got Malcolm Jenkins, who I think is going to – I think he's going to be in store for a – you know, top potentially a top twelve uh, finish this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they paid him handsomely. They gave him like what four years? What was it? Thirty two million, Josh. It was a lot. It was way too much money for Malcolm Jenkins and way right. too long. So I mean, he's going to get playing time. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy with the squad. Mm-hmm. It's a six squad, Addy. Six squad. All right, Bobby, you just made a pick. So yeah. uh, so hit us with the deets here on your draft. Let me scroll back up here so we can see it on the old uh, YouTube video. But yeah, hit us with the uh, draft so far for you. So, you know, last year in the listener league, I went IDP in the third round <laughs> um, just to see what that would look like. And I, I took a little bit of a hit last year. I think the two were receivers I took in the first two rounds got hurt pretty quick. Um, so, anyways, it didn't pan out. So, I tried to go the opposite this year. I just tried to see basically how long I could fade IDP and just take these offensive players. So, I had a little bit of a strategy. The ninth pick, I took Derrick Henry. Um, I think that's a great value for Henry, especially in redraft. Um, I do something that Adam was just talking about that I really don't recommend. And even now that I've got my homes, I still don't recommend it. Um, if you look at like who's going around him and everything, but I went with my homes right after the turn um, at the 204. But then I took a little stretch of a uh, stretch of wide receivers. I went Juju, DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, Miko Hardman in the seventh, and then CeeDee Lamb in the eighth. Um, I threw in Antonio Gibson there in the ninth and then went Justin Jefferson as well. Um, so I kind of wanted to grab some of these rookies, and I know they're not going to play for a while, but I wanted to grab some of these CDs, Justin Jefferson, um, Antonio Gibson, really. Um, I think here later on I've actually got um, – your boy, Josh Denzel Mims as well. So 
my hope is maybe that one or two of these guys pop off maybe early-ish in the season and, you know, you can throw them into a pretty weekly flex spot and it just is a, you know, it's kind of one of these um, Terry McLaurins or one of these uh, uh, Marquise Colstons that really just hits early on in the season. So my first IDP pick came in the 11th round. I took uh, Shaq Thompson. Um, I'm not a big Tyler Higby guy, but I did take him in there in the 12th. Um, then went Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, uh, A.J. Johnson, Jonathan Abram. Um, in the 17th round, I took a Fetty Odenigbo. Then I went Rashawn Evans and Jelani Tavai in the 19th. Uh, Clellan Farrell in the 20th. Denzel Mims, Matt Judon, Harold Landry, Marcus Davenport, and Chuck Clark. Um, so I went super heavy on offense pretty early. And even after my Shaq Thompson pick, I still selected several um, wide receivers and running backs. And I think it will be okay. I think I'm, I think I've got a deep enough defense and a deep enough offense that I'll be able to, uh, to make it work from, from one week to the next. Yeah. I like the late run of defense you got there with Judon Landry, Davenport and Chuck Clark, all guys that we like. My only concern with the rookie heavy team is this was, this is just the year where I'm really worried about early rookie production with a weird training camp set up, no preseason games, um, you know, but at the same time with the coronavirus looming over everything, rookies that maybe would not get an opportunity early because they haven't had any kind of game reps, maybe thrust into action if the veteran ahead of them comes down with coronavirus. So there's like this double edged sword of, the overriding thing for me is I'm not going to bank on rookies, um, you know, to a certain degree, just because I'm worried about no preseason, no real prep on the field. But it just who the hell knows with coronavirus, what guys are going to get opportunities. So I think just take your shot. And this is just going to be a wild ride of a 2020 season. Yeah. You know, and. I, I tried to take some of these rookies that maybe have an opportunity earlier on. I believe in CD. Obviously, I'm a big Justin Jefferson guy. The longer, you know, I think about Justin Jefferson and, you know, listen to our boys, you know, blessing these podcasts, the more it makes me think like maybe he's got a role earlier on in that offense than we think he does. And then Denzel Mims, you know, are you going to rely on the, you know, uh, who is it? Jameson Crowder there to really just, you slurp a Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perryman. I mean, yeah. you know, man's. I, I think, I think what you're banking on essentially is breakout potential um, because this is going to be the year for the most part, you'll especially see it here when I talk about my offense that I'm just going safe. Like I just want safe players with the condition, you know, not throwing the fact that any of these guys could get coronavirus into the mix. I'm just trying to bank on guys in established situations that we know what to expect. We talked about it. We said the word sexy like 400 times on the last uh, sode with Connie, but it was true. Like this is the year to not be sexy because of all the uncertainty swirling. Um, so, but it, it, you know, we know rookies break out and we know what happens later in the season. So with that strategy, Bob, are you kind of banking on like a kind of a late season push with these rookies breaking through? I'm hopefully just trying to treat them like an IR, honestly. Like I don't have to play them because I took so many, you know, me Hollywood Browns early on. Um, I really just kind of wanted to show 
a bunch of the listeners that you can fade a ton of these IDP, you know, pieces. I'm fine going into the year with Jonathan Abram and Chuck Clark as my starting DBs, you know. Um, Afedio Denigbo maybe is a little bit too deep and Clellan Farrell, it'd, not, it'd be nice to have a, you know, a little bit higher tier defensive end to, to really throw in there. But, you know, Shaq Thompson, I don't remember the rest of my linebackers, but. Um, AJ Johnson. Yeah. So we're, we're yeah, gonna be, we're gonna be that was right. a, that was a sniper bullet right to Addie's heart there. Uh-huh. You listened to Addie's segment on Sig, so didn't you? I did. Uh-huh. Well, maybe you can come trade for some of my defensive linemen, Bobo, because I'll I'll hit you guys with my lineup here. So mine but was funny. I'll Go say ahead. My one big thing is I hate my Mahomes pick. That was my one pick that I was like, that's stupid. Like I love Mahomes and I wanted him, but looking at Tampa Brady and the 80th round, whatever Markham got him in. It's just for the points, it's not worth it. But anyways, go ahead, Josh. 5,000 yards, 50 TDs coming down. <laughs> 50 TDs. Uh, so mine was, I'm picking in the three hole here. So right before Adam at uh, 104 and then Bobby was at 109. So um, my first eight picks were offense. And then I think I did, looks like uh, about eight picks or seven picks in a row. No, more than that, about nine picks in a row of defense. So I'll run through the offensive pieces first, talk about them, and then the defense I'll talk about after that. So like Addie said, I went AK at 103, Aaron Jones in the second, Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods, and DJ Chark were my three receivers off the board. Then I went Devin Singletary and Raheem Mostert, and Emmanuel Sanders uh, I took in the eighth. So. Um, AK was an obvious choice there at three for me. I could have gone Zeke, but I've got Zeke other places. I didn't want any more Zeke shares. was very happy that Aaron Jones fell to me at 210. Love that. And then I knew I was going to go, uh, once Aaron Jones was there, I was going to go running back, running back, and then three wide receivers. And I love the three that fell to me. You got Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods, DJ Chark. Should all be, especially... Um, you know, DJ Chark, I like uh, as the wide receiver one on his own team. Robert Woods and Kenny Galladay will be in the mix um, to be the wide receiver ones on their respective squads. Devin Singletary, Addy, I think it's, you know, going to be the the Moss and Singletary show there in Buffalo. I think they're going to split the work. I'm hoping Raheem Mostert will get it figured out with the 49ers and be the lead back there along with Tevin Coleman. And then Sanders was probably the pick that I regret just because – I was looking to add a little wide receiver depth there. And he was just, my thought was let's plug into this, um, you know, new Orleans offense. I think Sig has been talking about it a lot this off season, Addy, like you want to latch onto these teams that are on a mission and have the continuity. And the saints was one that he has brought up repeatedly. I love Sanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, should be the number three target behind yeah, Michael Thomas. And AK. I don't, I don't mind it, Josh. What, what round was that? So that was the uh, eighth round. No, it's fine. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. So I was really considering there, if you hadn't have taken Debo, I probably would have taken him at 810, but you got him at 809. The interesting thing was to watch the comeback from the fourth round and Adam go cup and then you go woods back to back. That was interesting to me. Yeah, and I was, again, thinking either one of those two guys I wanted to snag as my number two wide receiver behind Kenny G. Mm-hmm. So I just, if he would have, Addy would have taken Woods, I would have taken Cup. How do you see that, Bobby? Do you uh, do you prefer one over the other? I mean, Man, so, what would you have done there? Would you dude, I, I think they're just equal, honestly, because 
I think the offensive line is still going to be troublesome. And I think you're going to see Everett and Higby, Higby play a lot together of this 12 personnel, which means that either Josh Reynolds or Van Jefferson comes off the field and Woods and Cup just stay out there. And, you know, I think they're, I think they're going to have great years. I, I, man, it's hard to really knock Robert Woods. He's getting older, but I mean, you see like some of these guys, Cooper Cup had that ACL, Brandon Cooks had a ton of, you know, concussions, but dude, Robert Woods was just that main steady guy that goes out and catches seven balls a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're both going to have their, you know, their weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was ecstatic to get him there at four yeah. nine. I mean, this is PPR. So, um, yeah, I was surprised at like cup and, and even Keenan slid. I know Keenan's got a new situation, you know, going on, but, um, there was some, there were some nice values, uh, on offense too. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that got, took me through the eighth round. And so ninth round through the. Seventeenth uh, round, I went straight defense because we were seeing a lot of like de- defense heavy picks here. So I'll run through these. First IDP for me was actually Chase Young. I am rising on Young more and more, and so I was talking about rookies and not wanting to bank on them too much. That was on the offensive side, and this really doesn't make any sense why, but. My philosophy with the defensive picks in this draft for me was I am going to chase the ceiling because we know we can get or what is it, Bobby? The The window. window. We know I was going for the window because we know we can get the floor or the wall um, off the waiver wire. We know we can find these guys like Todd Davis and like these kind of safe like. This guy's going to get you like eight or nine points on a bye week type of fill in. Mm-hmm. So what I really was chasing was really high upside. Like what if I get these guys and they fulfill the expectations that we're hoping for the week? Winners. So, yeah, the week winners. I went for week winners. So Chase Young, Devin Bush, DeForest Buckner, Max Crosby, Patrick Queen, Trey Flowers, Melvin Ingram, Harrison Smith, and Kenneth Murray were my IDP picks there. Uh, Sig really uh, opened my eyes to what if Devin Bush takes that next step? Like, oh my God, like imagine. And as I was putting together my redraft ranks, it really did come down to who is in a great situation with very little competition for tackles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Devin Bush, along with my two other linebacker picks of Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray, who is there alongside them to get tackles? Derwin James. That's about I it. mean, seriously, like the the competition there. And even though these guys, you know, Queen and Kenneth Murray are rookies, we know that the teams that took them love them. They're going to have an opportunity right away. And I just don't see any competition there as far as tackles go. So that was the kind of logic for the linebacker picks uh, DeForest Buckner, I think was my fifth or sixth rated D lineman in my redraft ranks. I uh, love Max Crosby this year. I've got him top 12. I got Trey flowers top 12 as well. Uh, Melvin Ingram was really appealing because he had dual designation. I think flowers had dual designation as well. Linebacker and D line along with Melvin Ingram. So kind of that cheat code player we always talk about and then love getting Harrison Smith in the 16th round uh, as my first DB and then Kenneth Murray there in the 17th. So Addy banking a little bit on upside, but I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to chase, uh, you know, chase the ceiling a little bit, chase the window. No, man, I think you did a great job. I mean, you can, you can do that whenever you start out the way you did. Um, yeah. You had a great draft. Clearly, uh, you clearly are, you know, someone that 
has their own IDP podcast. That's true. It's like we uh, talk about this every week. So I'll finish it up here. Um, 18th round went Janu as my first tight end, uh, then followed it up with Von Bell and Minka Fitzpatrick as my next two DBs to go along with Harrison Smith. Uh, took a little dart throw on Hunter Renfro there as a nice PPR option in Las Vegas. Ben Roethlisberger was my quarterback, you know, slim Ben, no beard Ben, loving these picks that I'm seeing online. He doesn't look like a homeless person begging for change. Um, Quan Alexander, let's not forget about Quan. Uh, we love, obviously, uh, our baby Fred Warner, uh, who went, and we're going to talk about some of these other picks later, but uh, Fred went in the 10th at 10-12, so back of the 10th round, and was able to snag Quan here in the 23rd. So I'll take that value and then just added Jared Cook and Adrian Peterson as my last two picks. So got a couple more to go. But um, yeah, so that was, um, I don't know how the last two picks will shake out here. Probably grab some offensive depth, maybe add another tight end. I was fading the hell out of QB and tight end. Bobo, that seems like a two position groups that are just stupid deep this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look and see where... A guy who I've come around a lot on, obviously, is Cam Newton, you know, and he goes there to our boy Al Brophy um, in the 20th round. Um, and then uh, our other guy, Mike Middleton, takes Matthew Stafford in the 19th. Joe Burrow goes to snot bubbles in the 20th. I mean, so, you know, anywhere from the late 16th to, you know, even to now, I mean, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff just went the 24th. So don't go draft Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson in the second. Um, Let them fall, baby. For sure. This is the year for late round QB. There's like 24 quarterbacks I wouldn't mind having, honestly, as my number one QB. And then you could just stream them. Like, just play the matchups, Addy. Yep. Yeah, I think I even said that in Slack that, like, there's there's maybe three quarterbacks I don't want this year. And I think two of them are on the bears. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The list is just ridiculous. I mean, we're talking about John who is ADP right now is tight end 17. I mean, that's, that is nuts to me. I mean, they're like, they're like legitimately like 18 or 20 guys that have top 12 potential at tight end. I feel like this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was pretty eye opening. tight end man. Like, there's some outrage. Like, okay, so Josh just got Jared Cook in the 24th round. Austin wow. Hooper went in the 23rd round. Um, I got Jarwin in the 22nd round. Hunter Henry went in the 19th round. Johnny went in the 18th. Goddard in the 17th. Like, I mean, you, you, you I think the, maybe the, the thing to do is just wait and get like mm-hmm. two or three of those types. Yeah. It is. That's what I was doing. I was like, I want to get one guy that I feel like relatively good about. And it was between Jarwin and Janu for me. I went Janu uh, just because Jarwin is in our RSO auction. That's a guy I'll be targeting. Spoiler alert. But um, so I was like, maybe I can pick up Jarwin in the XFFL. So I'm going to go Janu here. Um, so that was kind of the deciding factor. I was hoping to scoop up Jarwin on the on the in the 22nd round, Addy. But you sniped me, you monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just fade tight end, dude. Like outside of Kelsey, you know, Mark Andrews, Kittle, maybe Zach Ertz if you want to throw him in there. You could toss Evan Ingram in the mix as well. But like it gets ugly pretty quick. So just just pick them late. Take mm-hmm. the IDPs, take the wide receivers and running backs and just stack that flex, man, especially this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, linebacker, super deep. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as far if we're talking IDP, I mean, even defensive line, it's pretty deep. I mean, you know, looking at some of the, like JPP, 20th round, Clellan uh, Farrell, um, Eric Armstead, he was in the, what, 18th round? I mean, so these are. There's These are really good values. Shaq Lawson's still available. Shaq Lawson. Uh, Charles uh, Aminahue. Exactly. I was about to say that, too. I mean, yeah. so there's still some really nice people late. Um, so, yeah, linebackers, the deepest. Um, but defensive line, I, I think a lot, we've heard a lot of talk early on about you got to get the defensive lineman early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can get one and then kind of, you know, my, my strategy and sleeper is get one of the elites and then wait on – JPP or Robert Quinn or or somebody like that. But I think our our babies did well. You know, I was yeah. Really, let's talk about some other teams here, Bobby. Who are you liking? Well, I was really interested to see where my boy Isaiah Simmons went because obviously, you know, a really high draft pick out of the last um, NFL draft, and I'm trying to find him pretty quickly. He went in uh, 1806. I was because I was looking at all the rookie linebackers. So I really like that. So our boy Andy uh, from the Bless the Knees podcast took him in the 18th round as his second linebacker. Third, he went. Deion Jones and Eric Hendricks. Okay, so I wasn't up high enough. You're right. So his third linebacker there, but that's a perfect value there because Kenneth Murray is already off the board. Patrick Queen is already off the board. Um, you're behind guys like Matt Milano, Eric Kendricks, Miles Jack, who's moving to outside linebacker. We like that this year. Behind Christian Kirksey. Um, you know, so I it's a great job not reaching for Isaiah Simmons. Like he's a huge name out in Dynasty right now. But for redraft, that's that's exactly where he needs to be. Yeah, that was a fun pick. Let's look at some of our IDP newbies because um, a lot of these guys who are in this league were in it with us last year. But like I said, we added Justin, Andy, and Kyborg. So let's talk about Kyle's squad here. So his first IDP pick, which I said I was going to send him a uh, uh, – what is it? Omaha steaks, uh, mm. gift package to celebrate. So he went Blake Martinez. So I think he was following the strategy Addy of not sexy, but safe for the, his first IDP pick. Yeah. Solid pick there. I like it. I like Blake Martinez this year. Um, I've come down a little bit on him since we had Sig on and he kind of, you know, he was kind of down on him. Somebody that he's kind of fading this year. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I like Blake Martinez, but he's probably more like a back end number one for me. But you know, he got good value on him. Ten oh three. That's a good pick. Yeah, we won't uh I guess we won't hit Kyle's team too much because we're hopeful to have Kyle on here in the next week or two mm-hmm. uh to talk about his squad, his first draft, some very exciting news uh-huh. that uh was announced in the Twitter sphere. Kyle did the right thing here. I mean, he, uh, I mean, he's loaded on offense. He, he yeah. had a great offensive draft. I mean, so his offense will carry him. He's got, he's got the drippiest duo with, with Julio Jones and AJ Brown mm-hmm. and AJ Green, the AJ Bros. If he could have got AJ Dillon, maybe I, I love uh, the Marvin Jones pick at nine ten. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got a really, really good offense. Um, so, as long as he plays the waiver wire and, and even made great pick, I mean, Jordan Poyer, Keanu yeah. Neal. Kevin Byer, that's a really good trio. Xavier McKinney, mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, we really like in the twenty first round. Um, yeah, Samuel in there. Yeah, this was um, he did a really good job. His offense will carry him though. Um, yeah, and he just needs to, to to play the wire. Listen to us, we'll help him out. 
Some of my picks that I was the most pissed about probably came from Snot Bubbles at the turn. <laughs> yeah, Snot Bubbles as one I wanted to bring up. He's had a nice little draft going Fred and Tremaine back-to-back mm-hmm. there into the 10th, beginning of the 11th. Uh, picked up Demarcus Lawrence and Sam Hubbard. You see this. He kind of stacked picks of the same kind. I like it. Um, and then went Taylor Rapp and Jeremy Chin for his DBs. Dirty. So nice. Some really Double nice P, picks went, yeah. went, uh, went with uh, two rookie wide receivers in the 17th and 18th here uh, with uh, Michael Pittman Jr. And Brian Edwards picked up nice. Willie Gay sniped me yeah. on Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Snots having a nice little draft. Malik Harrison in the 22nd. Those are two great late linebacker picks. Willie, uh, Willie Gay in the 19th. Um, and then Malik Harrison in the 22nd is pretty dope as well. But yes, yeah, not bubbles. I like his, uh, I like his mentality. He's got some pretty, you know, pretty set in stone people in CMC, George Kittle, Calvin Ridley. But I think he's going to probably try to, you know, let some of these Michael Pittmans and Brian Edwards kind of simmer for a little while and just see if see if they can take off. And I think in a league like this, as far as redraft goes, I think that's a I think that's an asset. I think you're going to be able to maybe maybe let some of these rookies kind of sit and simmer this year. So, Idy, let's talk about someone that you thought was having a really good draft. That's our old buddy, Butt Poopy Poo, a.k.a. Buck22, real-life Hawaii 5-0, awesome, uh, awesome dude. And uh, we've gotten to know him a little bit better in the chat this year. Uh, let's hit some of his picks, man. I love what he did. He went with the Miles Garrett, the Neil Hunter stack, uh, taking Garrett at the 5-11 and then turning around and grabbing Hunter at the 602. So that's definitely the dirtiest D-line stack right there. And then you, I think, particularly liked his late wide receivers that he grabbed. Yeah, very proud of old butt poopy poo here. Uh, So, okay, so at 9-11, never forget. Never forget. uh, He goes Will Fuller. uh, Then he gets Jameson Crowder, Mike Williams, Christian mm. Kirk, that is just beautiful right there. If you're going to do what he did, which is he got it. He got his one stud in DJ Moore. Yeah. And then he waited until the ninth round to, uh, to get his receivers, which really, if you think about it, that's probably what you should do. Um, mm-hmm. if you can, um, wide receiver is stupid deep this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my style, but I mean, th- that's, if you're going to get those guys, I would have loved to, I would have loved to have had like, I feel like he probably wanted Marvin Jones and Will Fuller, mm-hmm. but um, but man, he he really did. I really loved what he did, and I even liked what he did with linebackers. He waited on linebackers, which is another deep position, like we talked about. So I mean, he faded these positions that were super deep, yeah. like receiver and linebacker. And his linebackers, he came away with Todd Davis, Nick Kwiatkowski, Preston Smith, mm-hmm. Bud Dupree, Nathan Gary, someone that's you know. A lot of people are kind of high on him Philly this year. Yeah. Um, so I really like what he did. I mean, he uh, he faded the, the deep positions and he ended up getting really good picks too. I think um, something, I don't know if I'd necessarily disagree with it because Miles Garrett and Daniil Hunter are pretty dirty, but would you rather have Miles Garrett, Daniil Hunter, Darius Geis, and Damian Williams or Tyler Boyd, Kareem Hunt, Joey Bosa, and Nick Bosa? So they're Dave Bolly took Boyd and Hunt on the turn. And then that next round at the end of his turn, he takes both Bosa brothers, shout out Nico um, with Joey and with Nick. So I think I would probably take the ball, the Bali side there and give me Boyd and Hunt. That is a good question because the defensive line, I mean, those are the top four defensive linemen on a lot of people's boards. 
So you're kind of splitting hairs. I mean, I think Garrett and Hunter is a stronger one-two punch than the Bosa bros, but you could slice it a lot of different ways there. Um, and for me, I mean, yeah, that's really tough. I think I would take the Buck 22 side just because of the strength of Garrett and Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a, I'm not a huge guys owner or a fanatic. I probably won't have guys anywhere. Um, but he could be the starting running back for the Washington football team. That is so weird that that's their actual name now. Um, and Damian Williams could have some some run here, especially like we talked about with rookies not getting the prep time. So it's really close, though. I mean, Tyler Boyd on an exciting uh, Cincinnati offense and Kareem Hunt should, you know, hopefully catch about 40 to 50 balls there in Cleveland. So it's very close. Addy, what do you think? Break the tie here. Um. You know, I probably wouldn't have gone Cream Hunt there. I like the Tyler Boyd pick, but I probably wouldn't have taken Cream Hunt that high. I probably would have. I mean, really, I would have done like a mix. I would have done. I like. I like waiting on the two linemen because I mean, Bosa and Bosa is is equally as good as you know Garrett and Hunter. Um, so I think I would have done something like, you know, if you know knowing what we know now, I probably would have gone Tyler Boyd, Darius Leonard. Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, Just that would have been a yeah, that would have been a dirty, sturdy IDP start right there. I don't think you could have done much better. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I like what they both did. That's uh, those are good picks. So this is a, a, a draft that should be wrapping up here soon. Like I said, we'll have uh, Kyborg on here to talk about his first IDP draft and talk about his team. Uh, and we've shared the link. So if you want to actually keep up with the draft board as we're wrapping up here, just check our Twitter account. Addy, I know you shared it quite a few times on there. Yeah, and I'll re-up it. I'll put it back out there tonight. Yeah, so give that a look. So that was the uh, the listener league draft. Um, so just some some thoughts here. I think it's always fun when we get to talk about our strategy a little bit, and with it being our listener league, we got to talk about some of our babies as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bobby, let's get into window to the wall talking about outlooks on the higher side and the lower side for 30 players that we don't discuss that often on the big three IDP podcast. And I'm going to let you, as you do so well, drive the bus. You have driven a bus. I have never driven a bus. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let you, we're going to let you drive this one, baby. Why don't you uh, kick us off here and, and run us through and Addy and I will kind of shoot from the hip here on what we see as the window and the wall scenario for these players. Perfect. So let's start off down in Houston with uh, with Duke Johnson. Uh, quick stat from last year. I'm going to try to give a little snippet for everybody here. But Duke Johnson, um, eight out of his 16 games in 2019, Duke scored double digit fantasy points. So from the hip there, Joshy, give me uh, your wall and your window. Okay. So window again is kind of the ceiling and wall is the floor, right? Yep. You got it. Uh- All right. So window with David Johnson being there. So this is skewed a little bit because of David Johnson, but um, I would say that 
Duke's window scenario is probably like uh, running back 22 to 20 range, maybe, um, especially if it's uh, more kind of even split with DJ. I do worry if, if DJ David Johnson was not a pass catching back, I think Duke could even have a higher window. Um, but and as far as like a wall scenario, I'm going to say, you know, like running back 40, you know, I don't think there's any world and let's we're taking injury off the table. We're taking coronavirus off the table here. These are guys getting a full season. I don't think there's any way that Duke Johnson finishes outside, like running back four territory. Addy, what about you? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think he has that upside. I don't think he's going to reach it because I don't think that uh, O'Brien is going to use him that way. Um, but I think he probably should. I think that he might be the most talented back there with uh, David Johnson getting up there in age. But um, I don't know. I mean, David Johnson's still a lot of unknown. He was dealing with a high ankle sprain last year. I mean, if he does look himself and, and uh, um, you know, plays the way he was playing before the injury, I mean – we Duke Johnson may not see the field. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think because of his, his catching ability, I think he has a nice, um, a nice floor in PPR. So I, I agree. Probably RB four yeah. at, at the at worst at worst. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the key is, uh, David Johnson's pass catching ability, you know, Carlos Hyde and whoever else was there last year didn't really have that kind of side of them. So, um, let's get to the next one. CJ Mosley, um, nine out of his 15 games in 2018, CJ scored double digit fantasy points. I know we're kind of a, a year or so removed from, uh, from a CJ Mosley experience, but, um, Addy, what do you see as kind of the, the ceiling and the floor for Mosley in 20, uh, 2020? Yeah. Um, so window, I think he's going to be, you know, potentially a, a linebacker one. I mean, that's usually you want to target the linebackers in the Greg Williams defense and uh, CJ Mosley just, you know, it was just, it was just health last year. So, um, so yeah, I think that he's going to be, I think that he's going to be fully healthy. I'm, I'm got the fingers crossed, but uh, yeah, I mean, floor, what I, linebacker, four or five, but that's the only if he doesn't stay healthy. I mean, if, if, mm-hmm. if, if we're assuming he gets 16 games, I don't think he finishes worse than um, like, you know, I don't think he finishes outside the top 18. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I have him as uh, in my redraft ranks at LB six right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty close to the window for him. As far as like, if he's healthy, man, like let's just not forget how good CJ Mosley is just because he was injured last year. Mm-hmm. And you saw the production was there with James Burgess. And um, there were a few other guys that got thrown into the mix there in New York. Uh, but that was, that was a position where you could find some, some linebacking value week to week. I know I started James, Burgess quite a few weeks there. Um, Hewitt. Neville Hewitt was the other one I was trying to think of as well. So imagine what CJ Mosley, a much better linebacker plugged into that situation could do. You talk about opportunity. Who's the competition for tackles in, in New York alongside well, Mosley, Avery Williamson, we'll if, he, if he makes the team. So yeah. that's the seat. The, the window for me on, on Mosley is that kind of LB five LB six. And the wall is LB24. I don't see any way that he does not finish as a linebacker one or two if we get a full season from Mosley. Yeah, I love that. And I think Avery Williamson's contract is pretty... Uh, it's it's, it's uh, like... He, 
go for it, Eddie. Million, it's like five or six million a year, which is, I mean, considering yeah. the depth they have, it may not be something they need. But I feel like at this point, um, he might. I mean, I don't know if they're in a, in a bad cap situation. I don't feel like they are. So yeah, I don't. I don't see where it makes much sense to cut him. Sure, uh, but. It'll be interesting. I mean, I, I Avery Williams is, is pretty much free now. Yeah. Everyone's just forgotten about him. Um, so I'm happily scooping him as like my LB five and just hoping that he's he's back to his old self. Yeah, and he could be an LB two pretty easily. He's still out there in this draft. Yeah, no kidding. We haven't <laughs> mentioned him yet. So let's get to the number three here, the tight end out of Detroit, TJ Hawkinson. Um, last year, 2019, Hawkinson only averaged 2.6 receptions per game. I'll go ahead and give you my uh, my window and my wall. My wall for TJ Hawkinson is probably like tight end four. Um, my window is probably like tight end 20. Um, I'm not a Hawkinson. Wait, fan. I thought I thought the window was the ceiling. Now I'm confused. <laughs> You're correct. My window, uh, my ceiling for Hawkinson is tight end twenty. I'm tight not end, a, so you're saying a tight end four is his wall? So so sorry, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, like I, I said that completely wrong. Um, let's let's go back and say Hawkinson is a tight end like three. So he's a tight end like thirty overall. Wow. And then his uh his window, the best possible outcome for Hawkinson is maybe like. Like you're tied in 20. Um, I'm just not a Hawkinson guy. I don't think you look at Ebron, Ebron's years there in Detroit uh, versus when he went to Indianapolis with, you know, Andrew Luck and now he's in Pittsburgh. I just don't think Detroit really throws the ball to the tight end, which is kind of awkward. Um, I think they're going to throw the ball this year more to DeAndre Swift, to Marvin uh, Jones, to Kenny Galladay. Um, I just not a Hawkinson believer. I I could be completely missing the boat here, but I'll be completely happy to watch the boat just sail on by me. Just sail on by. Yeah, I think his window is like tight end twelve, and his wall is probably like tight end twenty four. You know, I think he's too talented, and I like that Lions offense. Um, Stafford was on pace for like his best season ever last year before he got hurt. So, um, I'm not down on the Detroit offense. I mean, I think. We'll see if Matt Patricia pans out as a head coach after this year and if he's still employed. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I'm not a huge Hawkinson guy, but I do think top 12 finishes is probably in his range of outcomes is like the window situation. So Addy, what about you? Um, You know, actually I kind of like Hawkinson. I mean, he, um, he just had that brutal hit he took and it kind of just wiped out his year. Um, there was all these comparisons to George Kittle, uh, you know, last year before, before the injury. Um, and when we look at what he did week one, he put up, uh, six catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was his first game. Uh, and then pro- never did anything the rest of the year though, because yep. of the injury. So, yeah, but I mean, th- that wasn't an ideal situation, you know, there without, uh, without Stafford. So, I just I, I think the talent is there, um, so I'm a little bit higher on on him than you guys. I think the window form is like tight end six. Mm, that's um, high. And Wall, I, th- I think you know tight end fifteen. I mean, he's someone that I think is going to be solid this year. So wow. you, they, you see him as a more safe option. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. I love Stafford. Stafford's a great value this year. Oh my god, uh, give me all the Stafford that I can possibly get. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm fine targeting you know the options on that on that uh, offense. I like Galladay. I like Marvin Jones. I like Hawkinson. Uh, I like DeAndre Swift, and mm-hmm. maybe even Carry on some weeks. Yeah, that's awkward to say, but that's very true. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump to this next one here. So IDP, um, very relevant. Chandler Jones, um, word out that Vance Joseph has Jones working on his run defense for 2020. Um, couple that with his 19 sacks to go with in 2019. And, um, that could spell a pretty dangerous year for, uh, for an IDP owner. So give me your window and your wall there for Chandler Jones, Josh. How are we classifying Jones in this situation? Are we seeing him as an LB, as a DN? Do we want to call him an edge? Let's call him a... Uh, it didn't matter last year. Yeah. yeah. It, he, he, let's call him an edge player. It's kind of hard not to call him a D lineman, though, with 19 sacks. So, yeah, I'm looking at him kind of in that TJ Watt kind of camp, you know, yeah. that Von Miller kind of edge edge guys. Um, so if we're if we're putting him in that camp, I would say that the window for Chandler Jones is another like top five finish. Um, just because, I mean, my God, 19 sacks, even if he gets half that, that's still great for an edge guy. Um, I'd say the wall, you know, even if the run defense, you know, uh, coaching, whatever change is legitimate, that doesn't scare me off too much. I'd say his wall is probably as far as edge guys, he's not finishing outside the top 15 or 16 in my mind, if he's healthy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's got... It, as far as edge rushers go, he could be the number one edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I don't see him finishing outside of the top ten. Um, and that defense, I mean, you know, last year they could focus on him and stuff, but this year they've yeah. added Isaiah Simmons, DeAndre Campbell, Jordan Phillips. Um, it's actually a pretty improved unit. Mm-hmm. People may be sleeping on the Cardinals. They, you know, all the talk about DeAndre Hopkins. They've they've done uh, maybe more on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like I really like Chandler Jones this year. He's a beast. Yep, I'm with y'all. I second that. So let's get to the next one. A person who's kind of been controversial on Twitter the last couple of days, Ronald Jones. Um, you know, today's news kind of came out that Jones is going to get the early second uh, first down work, and uh, Dare Gumbawale is going to be seen as the third down back, while Keyshawn Vaughn uh, it's just the backup. So. Um, I'll take this one to you first there, Addy. Give me your window and your wall for Jones. Addy was fired up on this one in our Slack earlier. Man. Um, Okay. This is the – Ronald Jones is the most hyped up person on Twitter this offseason. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I thought we all liked Keyshawn Vaughn. I thought we were all fans of Keyshawn Vaughn before the draft. I don't understand what happened when he got drafted to the Bucks. This amazing situation. Um, I don't understand what happened where we suddenly, suddenly decided that nah, he's not good. He's not special. Because yeah. anytime I put on Keyshawn Von Fent, which I've done it a lot because I feel like I'm going a little crazy <laughs> because Twitter's telling me that Ronald Jones is the guy. Um, so I feel like I'm going a little insane thinking that he's good. But anytime I put on the highlights, anytime I see the grand videos, dude is smooth, like super smooth. Um, I, I'm all I'm, I'm on board Keyshawn Vaughn this year. I, I don't I don't get this Rojo. Like to me, he runs clunky. I don't think he has great vision. Um, we can we can splice up highlight tapes of literally everybody. Um, I saw a lot of huge holes for him to run through. Um, I saw him running against Atlanta and Carolina, where us homeboys that play IDP realize that's nothing special. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I'm call me crazy. I know that there's uh, that he's he's bulked up to 225. I do not care about that ever. Um, I, I don't think that's even good for some players. I don't do. think that's good for running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm just not. I'm not on board. This I've seen the huge thread on Twitter. I've, I saw it. Don't care. Do not care. It's Keep just. On. I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I want. I'm, I'm screenshotting all the tweets too. Keyshawn's obviously the guy you want. Bruce Arians came out and said that they wanted a pass catching running back in the draft. They take one. Like this is the coach's handpicked guy to be there in the Tampa Brady led bucks offense. And yeah, we're just bored. We are so bored. And when we get bored as a fantasy football collective, we start to just blow people's, you know, blow players out of proportion for no real reason, just because we're bored. And I'm sorry, but Ronald Jones is not special. We've had two years of it, and people are trying to make this case of he was actually deceptively good. He should have been a lot better last year. He didn't add value to his runs. He, exactly. He, yes, he, he could. He could make moves. He could make people miss occasionally. Yes, people could. Running back, professional running back, should be able to do that. <laughs> I did not see him break any huge runs. He's just not special. Like the window for me, RB. 25 and the wall is outside the top 50. I mean, Rojo could be rendered completely irrelevant by Keyshawn Vaughn. And I think he will be like, that's, that's how I'm projecting this backfield. And I'm accounting for if I'm wrong and it's Rojo's backfield, I just don't think he's special enough to really break into that higher end RB two range. I just, even with the, the bucks offense, Mm-hmm. he's just not going to be good enough to really push into like RB two territory. So just outside RB two range for me is his window. Even if this Bucks take today is accurate and that's truly what Arians feels, it's only going to be that way for a game until they put Keyshawn Vaughn in. And then he's the starter from week two on because I'm with Addy. There's a difference in Daria Gumbawale and Ronald Jones's talent versus Keyshawn Vaughn. Everyone's, and- you give Tam, you give Tom Brady someone who can pass block for him and also catch his, you know, forty four year old man arm, you know, out of the backfield passes, um, dude. It, we're we're two months removed from the freaking NFL draft. People, have we really forgot about Keyshawn Vaughn that much? And remember, this is Bruce Arians, who historically was starting Chris Johnson's corpse over David Johnson in Arizona. Yeah. So just give Bruce some time that he is going to make these running backs especially earn their spot. This is just coach speak. When the games actually start and we see Keyshawn Vaughn's talent, this is going to be his backfield. So shout out Sean McVay. All right, let's get into the next one with uh, Robert Quinn here. 11 and a half sacks in 2019. And let's pair him with Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, what's uh, what's a window in the wall there for Mr. Quinn? So if we're just classifying him as defensive lineman, let's yep. just let's just keep it kind of simple here. Um, you know, Robert Quinn for me, window probably, you know, defensive lineman twenty, and Wall is probably somewhere outside the top uh, forty for me. I mean, there's just a lot of defensive linemen. It's a sure. very deep deep position group. So. I see the potential there with Quinn, but he's not a guy I think that has like serious DL lineman two upside for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he could. I think he could reach, uh, you know, back in number one status potentially. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I don't really, I don't really buy it either. I've also kind of thought more about it uh, as the off season is, is worn on. Um, can we not just see maybe Robert Quinn coasting like he did when he got that first big deal? <laughs> remember, remember whenever he was tearing things up in St. Louis and they paid him handsomely, and then he was just, I'm Damn. good, good. Yeah, he he pulled a he pulled a slim gym and was like, Nah, I'm good. I'm just gonna yeah. take some plays off and not yes. really contribute. And then Until- suddenly he go, he gets in another contract year and he's back to eleven and a half sacks. I don't know. I feel like this could be like a seven or eight sack season coming up. Yeah, we all think, oh, 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 he's he's it's gonna be even better for him. Eh, I don't know. I love yeah, that. it's it's like it, the the potential is there. But th- what's the chances of that potential being seized up eh, 30, 40 percent? Maybe I'm not like I'm not betting my house on, you know, Robert Quinn breaking into high end DL two back in DL one potential here. I yeah. think Khalil Mack is the guy that that uh, has the big bounce back this year. I think we'll talk about him in a little bit. I think, I, yeah, I have him, so we won't get into him too much. But let's stay on the same team with Allen Robertson, Robinson. Um, he only had three out of his 16 games last year that he scored single-digit fantasy games. So he had double-digit games in whatever that would be, 13 games. Um, and then, let's see, seven out of his 16 weeks, he saw double-digit targets. So I guess my real quick question would be, is Foles going to be his QB or Mitch Trubisky? And then let's see what his window and his wall is. I'm going to say Foles is going to start the year for Chicago. I truly think that I agree. Foles is going to be better than Trubisky. And and I don't know that it necessarily means more fantasy points for Allen Robinson um, because I probably like Anthony Miller a little bit more this year um, than Allen Robinson. But, um, man, Allen Robinson had a great year in 2019 and was really quiet. I mean, he... he um, he saw a ton of targets and, and, you know, Trubisky probably overthrew him on a bunch of those targets, but he caught some of them from time to time. So my window for Allen Robinson would be probably just a wide receiver two. So like a wide receiver 15. Um, and then my wall is probably a wide receiver 35. Sounds awful to say for Allen Robinson. Cause I think he's talented, but man, I think Jason on the fantasy footballer said it really eloquently. I think it was today or yesterday that Foles is a fantastic backup and just a decent quarterback, a starting quarterback. You know, so if you have Foles as your backup, you're like, man, we look pretty good going into this year. But if, but if he's your Foles starter, Foles is your starter, it's like, uh oh, yikes. Yeah, but here's the thing Foles is still better than Trubisky. Like, can we please get Allen Robinson, a quarterback who is worth a crap? The dude That's has cool. played with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky and now possibly Nick Foles. That's so. That's it. That's it. That's one hundred percent his fault. He should have signed Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, he did pick there when you signed, bro. Yeah, he did pick the the Bears as his team. I think he's a free agent after this year, so hopefully he'll go sign a big contract somewhere else and get a competent quarterback. Um, so I like Foles as a slight upgrade over Trubisky, who was probably the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. So that maybe puts Foles at like QB twenty eight or twenty seven in the pecking order. So not great, but still a little bit of an improvement. So my window for Allen Robinson is wide receiver eight. I mean, I definitely see him as top 10 potential. Um, And then, yeah, the wall, I don't know. I don't think the floor is going to drop out with Allen Robinson. I don't think he finishes outside the top 36 if we're getting a full season from A-Rob. He's just too talented. Yeah, similar for me. I mean, I think, you know, um, window, wide receiver 12, wall, wide receiver 25. 
Oh, okay. So you see those that uh, that room is a little smaller, a little tighter there, Addy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's uh, he was really good last year, like really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, he's he is the main target there. I do like Anthony Miller, like Bobby mentioned. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've seen the high videos of him. He's looking very nice. Very nice. uh, Darnell Mooney, Daryl Mooney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, they're rookie um, late rounders, so he's an interesting name as well because they did not bring back uh, Taylor Gabriel. Um, so let's talk about um, another person that Aaron Donald has made, not named Robert Quinn. Uh, Dante Fowler uh, moves from Los Angeles with with my boy TG to the ATL um, and is now their lead pass rusher probably is what I'd call Fowler. So um, let's hear the um, let's hear the window and the wall there, Joshy boy. Well, start us off, Bobo. This is a guy I'm kind of interested in your take on since he was a Ram last year. I don't want anything to do with Dante Fowler this year. I see his window as probably the end 18, and his wall is probably the end 40. Um, I think that this is the same as we talk about all the time, and Dominican Sue, Dante Fowler, Robert Quinn. Aaron Donald has made a lot of people a lot of money over the years. And you take a guy like Aaron Donald away from a Dante Fowler and he starts seeing, you know, better offensive linemen or more offensive linemen up against him. Um, I think Fowler could really disappoint this year. Yeah, he's not a guy I'm actively going after. I'd say somewhere between 24 and 48 for me. Love it. Yeah, um, I don't mind Fowler. He's still a nice value. I think that he has um, – for for window, I'd probably put him about DE15. Okay. Um, wall, I, th- I think he's fairly safe. I'd put him about, you know, defensive end 26, 27 range. Um, he does lose Aaron Donald, but he gets Grady Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Who Very true. Is maybe the second or third best defensive tackle in the league. Next, I mean, it's – some order it's it's probably Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Grady Jarrett, um, and partner. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree. Maybe uh, maybe our boy up in Pittsburgh, uh, a little older. Hayward, sure. Hayward, maybe Simmons. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe he he comes to that group. But anyway, yeah. Um, I I don't I don't mind him, and and plus, um, I mean, he's going to have plenty of opportunity. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna need him to produce. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll be out there time. as the main pass rusher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's got yep. opportunity for sure. He's just, he's oh, I mean, he's like a third number three overall pick um, in 2013, 14. But, you know, he, I mean, he, he came into his, I mean, he, he started playing much better that last year in Jacksonville. And then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we saw what he did with the Rams. I mean, you, you can't, uh, it's hard, it's hard to dismiss it. You know, 11 and a half sacks. That's nice. I don't think yeah. he'll get, I don't, and I'm not banking on that, but, I think you can expect nine to 10, mm-hmm. which is best defensive end two status. There you go. This is another shout out to how poor the Rams uh, are run because Fowler could have been a, a franchise tag and Corey Littleton could have been Corey Littleton should have been their franchise tag. That was so stupid. They let him walk. Well, anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's grow up and <laughs> for your own mental on. health. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about a Minnesota boy here. Adam Thielen. My main question, and we'll talk about another guy later on, but it, who is going to run the slot in Minnesota? Uh, and then obviously I want to know the window in the wall, but uh, let's take it to you to first, Joshy. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll defer to Addy on who's going to run the slot, but um, I have Thielen as my wide receiver too in the XFFL. So I'm a little bit biased, but in a PPR league, this is going to be a hot take. And again, I'm not saying this is what I would be banking on, but you're asking me the window. It is the wide receiver one with how many targets Adam Thielen is going to be funneled in Minnesota, even though it's not a super high volume passing offense. The, the guy is just going to have so many targets that I think it's in the range of outcomes wide receiver one. Um, and if we get a full 16 games, I just don't see him falling outside of wide receiver 15. Mm. He is just super duper safe for me this year. Um, I, I don't, I'm gonna have a tough time putting him at wide receiver one, but I think he's water. I think he's top 12. So I'd say probably like wide receiver six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I agree. He should, he should have a chance at over 150 targets this year. Um, but uh, to your question about who runs the slot, I don't know, man, they probably both run out of the slot a little bit. I think mm-hmm. they'll, I mean, the one's good on the outside too. Um, so th- they just, they got a lot of versatility. I mean, even Irv yeah. Smith. Irv Smith is someone who can, you know, uh, play tight end, but also run in the slots. I mean, they they have a lot of those types, um, and I think that's kind of what you, what you want if you're if you're a coach or a GM. You just kind of want to play positionless football. Um, Dude, people are uh, people are sleeping a little bit too much on Minnesota right now because good. Irv Smith is good. You know, we've got Working Kyle Rudolph, who's off. a great. <laughs> we know Irv working. Addie yeah. been telling us Irv working. Dude, I think uh, I think Minnesota could scare some people. And didn't they draft a uh, Jeff Gladney? Which of the cornerbacks did they get? They got a pretty yeah, high cornerback. Gladney, he's gonna and, be good. And then let our boy uh, uh, Josh said last episode, Xavier Rhodes, uh, the Rhodes wide open. Let him walk, which is smart. <laughs> Everyone's like on. I've been seeing these pieces. I don't know if it's because we were talking about Rhodes or whatever about like Rhodes is a bounce. I'm like, why? Why yeah. is it just it's narrative driven, right? Like this guy was good. He had a bad season, so he can be good. No, like Rhodes was awful. Yeah. Like he was one of the worst cornerbacks consistently getting torched last year. So why do people think he's suddenly going to be good in Indy? I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I don't see Rhodes as a big part of the Colts defense this year, but nah, I don't mind him. Josh, he can, be, he can be okay. He'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, for I IDP. Like, yeah. But for I your like actual, I like, I mean, you know, sometimes these guys get humbled. It's a make, it should make him work harder. If he's like, if he, if he takes uh-huh. pride in his work, you know, it, like should he have? Guys. Should he not have uh, maybe taken pride as he was getting torched about halfway through the season last year? Though I mean, paid. he was getting paid. He was he had a big contract that he could that, that was validating him. You know, yeah. then he got his ass cut and he got humbled. And hopefully, I don't know his ass off. I don't. Think, I hope I mean, so. He, he's not gonna. No one's expecting him to to go in there and shut down the side of the field. He's just got to go in and be serviceable, which I think he can do. He just doesn't need to be getting you know torched. And then we'll see. I don't know. I don't have high you're hopes always, for us. You're always a pessimist about your damn team, Josh. I'm tired of having to build. You oh up. no, there's there's plenty of players I'm optimistic about. I got DeForest Buckner as D lineman six, but Xavier Rhodes. I mean, could we not have gotten the guy who was like the human torch out there with how much he got flamed last year? Adam's I right. Know. I don't mind. Right, Josh, he's a, he's a pro. He's he know. I mean, he's been there. He's done it before. He can get back there. He'll be all right. Yeah, a pro that took 2019 off, but hey, he still made the Pro Bowl, so that's all good. Right, he's got that right. going for him. You boys need to meet up and kiss somewhere. Do a little oh. smooching. Probably not the best idea. Um, <laughs> right, so 
Let's do a little speed round. I was going to uh, say, we need to speed through it. It's nearing midnight yeah. and uh, we're at, uh, what, number eight right now? Let's number just go through um, these next 10 real quick and, uh, and then we'll see see what our temperature looks like from there. So of these next 10, you get to pick one to kind of give a little snippet about. So Miles, Jack, ceiling and floor moving back to um, outside linebacker there alongside Schobert. Uh, give me ceiling and floor there for Miles, Jack, Josh. Oh gosh, window probably LB thirty six, uh, wall LB eighty five. I mean, it's just I'm the, <laughs> get this no, Miles Jack. Just I'm done. Like I'm I'm not in a Miles Jack at all. I'm sorry. Um, I'll be a little higher on him. I think maybe LB twenty four. That's probably not. I'm not going to have him anywhere. So I mean, it's you know, um, LB twenty four, and then you know LB fifty. Or fifty, hundred, or yeah, eighty-five five, was a joke. But like, yeah, yeah, like fifty to sixty, like Jack could fall off the face of the earth for we all you. we know. Shout out Quincy Williams. Uh, so next here, uh, Chris Carson, uh, Josh. If he would move his cursor, I'd be able to read this. So this was something I tweeted out today, which I thought was interesting. Chris Carson had twenty plus carries in half of Seattle's games, and in those games, Seattle went seven and one. And our boy just broke his hip or did something to his hip is all I know. So his hip is hurt. Give me the window and the wall for Chris Carson. And I'll go first. Chris Carson's window for 2019 is going to be running back 16. Okay. And his wall is going to be running back. He doesn't play. So whatever that would be. Yeah. Like outside the top. Something. 60 or 70. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, um, you know, mid range RB one, we know Seattle likes to run the ball. Rashad Penny, probably going to start the year on the pup. I do like DJ Dallas. So that's kind of the fly in the ointment for me. I think DJ is going to get a lot of run up there. He's a rookie. I'm probably like of the rookie running backs. I don't know. DJ probably is in my top five as tar- yep. as far as like excitement goes for opportunity, yes, just because the two guys ahead of him are very, very injured right now. Another they're on track to be recovered, right? But two very serious injuries. So if we're getting the full Carson experience, though, yeah, I would say mid, mid-level mid RB1. Or I'm sorry, RB2. Yep, I'm right with you on all on all points and thoughts. Um, I'm also a big fan of DJ. He's my favorite in the backfield. Um, Carlos Hyde is there now. He's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like hip injuries. Um, so go ahead, go ahead and hit us with your uh, little uh, rap, uh, 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 DJ. Uh, oh, go DJ, that's my DJ. <laughs> Speaking of old school throwback tunes, who was it that sung that? I was trying to think that's of Lil that. Wayne, bro. Lil that's Wayne. Wayne. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. I believe that was the Carter too. Maybe yeah. that. Was- oh man, Lil Wayne was so good back in the day before he found Auto Tune. Yeah, um, one and two all time albums. Whew, so good, but yeah, I, if I have like, we should do like a premonition episode where it's like, what do we just see in week seventeen? If there is a week seventeen of the NFL season, mm-hmm. like that looks most different from what it is now. For me, it's DJ Dallas just running amok and winning people like fantasy championships near the end of the season. Yeah, it just it just feels inevitable with how much Seattle churns out like unknown running backs and makes them stars. So, and, and with the fact of you know who all they've been bringing in and you know calling Marshawn, calling Carlos Hyde. Let's go ahead and draft DJ Dallas here. Like you know, 
Pete Carroll knows something's going on. So give me the window in the wall here for our next boy, Devin Bush. You know, we talked about his snaps decreasing late last year. He got down to 35 and 35, uh, six snaps late in the season. Um, so Devin Bush, my window for Devin Bush is going to be the LB five overall. Uh, my wall is going to be the LB 20. Um, I think we're all on the Bush train, but uh, I really like him. Yeah, Bush is so safe. LB1 for me, and then LB15 is kind of the range I see him in. I just okay. think he's going to take a huge, huge second-year leap. Yep, I agree. You won't you won't see that uh, second half where they start decreasing his, his snaps. That's not going to happen this year. All right, next guy, let's get to uh, Will Fuller. Basically, um, Deshaun Watson's number one receiver right now. Um, if he can stay on the field, I want to know y'all's window and your wall. So let's just go ahead and predict 16 games um, for Will Fuller. We're predicting and, a miracle. <laughs> sure. You know, prayers prayers happen. Prayers can make make a change in the world. So, uh, he needs Jesus to come down and touch that uh, those hammies and those that, that lower half to keep him healthy for 16 games, but why not? Let's say he's healthy for all 16. I'll go first. Um, I do think Will Fuller is going to struggle this year with no nuke. Um, so I'm going to say his window is going to be wide receiver probably like 17 and then his wall is going to be like wide receiver i don't know probably not too bad 35 37 somewhere in that range if he plays 16 he's going to see the looks but he's also going to see some number one cornerbacks as well yeah i'd say like uh probably wide receiver 25 just because if if we're assuming health for all the texans wide receivers and this kind of hypothetical brandon cooks and randall cobb are, are more interesting to me than than will fuller um the potential's there. So yeah, wide receiver 25 and then like wide receiver 50. I mean, he could just completely fall off if those two guys ahead of him get more work and you get DJ involved, David Johnson in the passing game. So Or Duke Johnson. Or Duke. Yeah, either one. Is that your dog, Adam? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was about to <laughs> yeah, I got the dog in here in the corner of the room, man. Oh my god, he is sawing some walls right now. <laughs> All right. Hit us, with, hit us with them deets on uh Will Fuller. Yeah, I mean, I love Will Fuller. I think that um, I think that he has, I don't know, uh, window. Let's say wide receiver ten. Wow, Addy, very high. I mean, he's he's. I think he's going to be the guy. I don't trust Brandon Cooks, um, so I, I, he's the he's the option I like the most. I think he has the most upside in the offense. Um, and then um, wide receiver thirty six. Yeah. Person, All right. So you see ball. Fuller as pretty safe like if he yeah. gets if he gets 16 games. I'm mm-hmm. a very big fan of Wolf oh, of Will Fuller this year. I mean, we've never seen him without DeAndre Hopkins, so he should be due for his largest target share ever. So I'm excited yeah. to see what happens. I like that. So let's talk about these next couple guys. We're gonna run through uh, number 20, and then we're going to wrap it off. So we've got five or six more guys to go. So Willie Gay, um, unproven guy here from um, out of Mississippi State, but in a really, really good situation. Um, so 2020's outlook for Willie Gay. I'll go first here, Josh. And I think Willie Gay could be the linebacker 15. Um, I don't foresee him getting into that LB1 category this year, but I think if he can stay on the field, if he can prove that he is better than the other two you know, ding dongs that are there in uh, Kansas City in uh, Hitchens and I don't even know. Um, Damian w- uh, Wilson. There you mm-hmm. go. Um, really like Willie Gay. I think his 
floor or his walls. Like, man, honestly, like LB30, I really, really think that that there's going to be production there for Willie Gay. He's super safe. I was going to say 15 and 35 for me. Nice. Yep, I'm right there with you, man. I, I love Willie Gay this year. Yeah. And so every year. I mean, he's, he's going to be awesome there. I like that. He slept on too. Um, let's get to the next guy, which is kind of a weird guy to talk about, but we don't talk about Saquon very much. Um, they, uh, there's kind of some reports out that Saquon's is bulked up a little bit this year. Um, I really think that his passing work is going to dictate where he finishes in 2020. I look back today at his 2018 um, passing like receptions um, in particular from Eli and oh baby, that's a fun little endeavor to do. Um, Eli threw the ball to Saquon a lot. Um, but I'm going to say Saquon's window is the RB. Hmm. Probably three. Um, I know it's crazy cause he's being drafted too right now. I just have two guys that I like more than him. And then I think Saquon is, as long as you don't predict injury, he's, he's a top, he's a top 10 running back all day long. Yeah. It's a much tighter it's a much smaller room for me. Window, RB1, wall, RB5. I mean, the this, the work is going to be there. The opportunity is going to be there. So if we get a full 16 games, no high ankle sprains or any of this nonsense, Saquon is about as safe as you can get. I don't know that he needed to bulk up, though. I mean, Saquon. How much was he bulking up, though? Like five pounds, like uh, 10 pounds? I don't know. You know, my Balkan and your Balkan is probably two different. A little Balkans. different from his Balkan. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not as tight for me. I mean, I think he definitely has RB one upside, but um, I mean, I could see, I could see that being like a you know Jeff Fisher, Todd Gurley situation, um, where he's he's the only thing they have, and defenses just sell out to shut him down, and he ends up like RB ten. Um, but you know, I don't think that's. I think that's. I think that's Worst less likely scenario. than him finishing. You know, overall number one running back. So, I mean, yeah. you the 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 upgrade though. You have Pat Shermer there as the head coach. You have Joe Judge. Who knows what we're going to get out of Joe Judge as a first year coach? But you do have Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. Now you can say what you want about the Clapper as a head coach and how he's probably one of the least inspiring coaches um, in recent memory. But you know he always had Zeke up there as a top five running back when um, Zeke mm-hmm. came in the program there. So I don't want Jason Garrett as my head coach as my offensive coordinator. Sure, why not? Yeah, I love that. That's a great take, Josh. A little bit of different offensive lines and everything yeah. else around him. I do cool. like, though, think about every year we have this assumed running back that's top five, locked and loaded, no way he's going to bust. I mean, I know we all love Christian McCaffrey, one of the most talented running backs we've ever seen. Carolina's team is completely different. I mean, you talk about turnover top to bottom, new offensive coordinator, new head coach, new quarterback, a new wide receiver and Robbie Anderson in Thomas making the leap there. I mean, there's all sorts of uncertainty and at least Saquon is in pretty much the same setup. He was previously, they drafted an offensive lineman high in the draft. I would argue an offensive coordinator upgrade. So I don't know, man. Um, if I was sitting at the top of the draft, I'm probably still taking CMC, but I'm thinking about Saquads pretty seriously there at the one-on-one. Wow, yeah, you got to take, take CMC, but I mean, I'm I'm with you. I don't. I'm not going to be surprised if if CMC. I mean, I, saying that he's guaranteed to finish 
you know, RB one again, that's not usually likely or that usually doesn't happen. Yeah, it was, it was said very well. Cause you, you, I, and it changed the way I thought about it. You're thinking of percentage chance that a guy finishes at a certain position. Like if you're saying Christian McCaffrey is your number one running back, you think he has the biggest percentage chance of getting to that number one spot. And so that helped me kind of change how I think about rankings. Like, yeah, like I'm not saying that it is locked and loaded. Christian McCaffrey is going to be the RB one, but I'm saying he has the biggest probability of all the guys that could potentially get there. Um, But I think Saquad is right behind him in terms of, you know, that RB one potential. I don't know. I think, uh, Man, the more I think about it, if I had the first pick overall, I'm still having a hard time not taking Kamara. Oh, Bobby. Dude, <laughs> you've got another year of freaking uh, Latavius Murray's a little bit older. Drew Brees is last year. Michael Thomas has got to see a little bit of regression as far as targets go. you got Emmanuel Sanders there now, too. That's true, dude. I'm still there. Kamara, go back and watch his tape from you know. And what year is Kamara now in his uh, in his rookie deals? And he is third fourth. year. This will be his fourth year, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, he was in the Zeke I, class, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I love Kamara. I mean, we know you do. We know you do. Yeah. It's just, I mean, boy, CMC man, he was pretty special last year. He was, but and Saquon, that offense should be better. Um, Teddy's a better quarterback than what they had there. Teddy does a check down too, man. He does. Absolutely. I just you don't know. You just don't know, and we're not going to get any look at it before the season starts. That's one disadvantage of the preseason is we have zero clue what the Panthers are going to look like. I think they're going to be good, though. I think I think, I think they'll be. I think they'll be better than people think. Yep. Um, I still think they're probably a little too p- talent poor on defense. Yeah not talent poor, but just like not experienced enough. Right. Like, so they're rebuilding that defense, but they'll probably be like a six and 10 type outfit, but they will be in a lot of games because I think that offense will be fun. All right. Let's bust out these last couple. Uh, Mike Gusecki, uh, his window and his wall. Let me give you this stat real quick. So Gusecki saw 64 targets from week nine on. uh, And that was obviously from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. That's way after Fitzmagic. Yep. Who I think that uh, will probably Man, I don't know about Tua yet. I don't know if we're going to see him in 2020. It probably be good. Edition I don't him think now. we are. Yeah, yeah. But Gasecki, uh, window and wall. Man, I like Gasecki. I think window could be like tight end five. His wall, I think it's pretty safe. Like tight end fifteen, probably. Yeah, I would say like eight to twenty range for me. Okay, I'm more in there. Yeah, I'm I'm less high on him. I'd say probably tight end twelve. Um. For the window and then wall tight in 25. Okay. So let's go to we already talked about Zedaria Smith a little bit, but let's um let's give it real quick. So my window is probably gosh, he's kind of a hard player too to discuss. If LB. we're are we are we looking at him as a an edge player, kind of like um yeah, yeah. he's kind of a TJ Watt as well as far as designation. Yeah, Chandler um, Jones. So defensive line uh, designation on sleeper. Yeah. So I mean sleeper wise, defensive lineman, let's say defensive lineman eight, and then his floor probably like twenty to twenty-five range. Yeah, I was gonna say twelve to twenty-eight, thirty range. I think he's he's pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd go as high as Probably DL five, 
And I think um, Wall would be DL 18. Yeah. I think he's due for uh, an even bigger year. His last year was his coming. Wow. All right. I mean, led the league in pressures. Yeah. People are still sleeping on him and Preston Smith a little too much. Led the league in pressures. Yeah. Did you get that, Josh? I did not. What did he lead the league in? Something about pressures. Pressures. Okay. One of the most important stats for defensive linemen. So. I was saying how how old is Zadarius Smith? Has he got the grown man strength yet? Twenty seven, I think. Twenty seven. Yeah, he's yep. coming to his own, man. He's yeah. he's he's right. reaching that grown man strength kind of uh, you know mm-hmm. that peak like around twenty eight thirty is when you get the grown man strength. So I'm excited for him. Uh, let's get to this next one real quick. Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, twenty three, entering his third year. He went twenty four touchdowns to twelve interceptions last year. 279 yards rushing and two TDs. Um, my window is QB 12. My wall is probably QB 25. I'm not in yet on Daniel Jones. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know yet. I think I would lean more on the positive side than the negative, but I would go window QB 15, wall probably QB 28. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that he actually has decent upside just because of the rushing ability he has. And what we've seen time and time again, you don't got to be a, a good quarterback or, or be a quarterback that leads your team to wins to, to be useful for fantasy. Seen it in Blake Bortles, seeing Josh, you know, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he has probably like QB eight upside. Wow. Um, and then floor, you know, QB 24. Yeah. So these next two are directed basically at you two. So the first one's for you there, Joshy. Jonathan Abram, uh, can he chinner? Uh, chinner. See, it's 12.04 now, and uh, that's oh my just God, my It is, it is 12.04. Can he channel that inner Bob Sanders? And, uh, you know, is he going to go out with another torn uh, – on right rotator cuff or a clavicle well, or a we're we're assuming or? we're assuming health here. There's no torn labias in this equation. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Abram in this hypothetical gets 16 games or full season, whatever that constitutes. Um, sure. So if that is the case, um, safety eight. Uh, he's definitely top 12 for me, um, and I think. If we get 16, he's very safe. 24. I don't think he finishes outside of the safety two range. He's just too damn talented. And, um, yeah, I think he's he's very safe in my, my eyes. Yeah, I'm right right in line with you. Safety 10, I think, is, mm-hmm. his, uh, is his window. And then wall, safety 18. Yeah. yeah. I like that. He, yeah, he's and I would have loved to have gotten to see him last year. We just got robbed of it a little bit. We got to see him riding the horses on hard knocks and have a fun week one. Finish that game with the injury, too. That's the crazy part. The only so, thing that maybe is interesting for me is he's got pr- two pretty good linebackers in front of him in Littleton mm-hmm. and Quake. That is true. That so is true. That could make t- maybe take some of his tackles away. But let's go this last one. This one's attributed to... To Addy, um, for all the uh, Rams comments that came out today, but Cam Akers, um, you know, t- the whole talk of the four-man rotation, shout out to my boy, John Kelly, who's apparently included in that rotation. John Kelly's like, me? <laughs> I could be a running back with the Rams? <laughs> Dude, he, was the, oh, he was the number one playoff yeah. sleeper. Yeah. Good oh, look. my God. He'll really? be the number Guys. one, number one uh, you know, most dropped guy <laughs> player next week. Yeah. But uh, so let's uh, get the window in the wall to finish here with uh, Cam Akers. And I'll go first as the uh, resident Rams fan. 
Um, my window for Cam Akers is the running back six. My wall is going to be the running back thirty. I think that I think that the span of what he could be versus what he also could be is pretty pretty broad. Um, we still don't really know why Daryl Henderson didn't play as much last year. Um, we don't know how much Malcolm Brown is actually going to see some like goal line touches or maybe even like you know, full drives like they were subbing him in to give Todd Gurley like a pitch count of of sorts. So, um, but I will say LA's line sucks, but Cam Akers' line at Florida State sucked also, and he did a lot in college. And I know college isn't the NFL, but um, I am a Cam Akers fan. I don't like to say that, but if you're going to pick a bad pick in the second round, I might as you might as well take Cam Akers, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Addy, we'll save you for the end here, but I'm actually going to shoot a little higher than Bobo. I think if this guy gets the backfield, if it is his job, say early on in the season, they realize Akers is the guy there, RB5. I mean, why not? Like, he could have a Todd Gurley type finish if he is healthy and everyone stays healthy and McVeigh gets back to scheming up some nice play calls here that we know that running back position can be super valuable. I mean, Bobby didn't TG finishes like RB one during his career at one point. So I see a huge, huge uh, upside with acres if they give him the opportunity and the, the workhorse role, but you're also right. The range of outcomes is really wide. So, you know, um, RB 36, as a wall situation. So um, he's a guy I definitely want to take a late dart on though, because of what he could be. Yeah. Um, And even if he does, I'm with you guys. I think he has, um, I think his upside is probably running back 10, just because I think they do probably are cautious out of the gate. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe, uh, maybe he's only getting like 10 to 15 for the first, you know, four weeks. Um, But, yeah, man. I mean, I think yeah, top ten uh, for the for the ceiling, and then RB thirty five. Which you know, even if he does finish RB thirty five, that's going to be great because it's probably meaning that he came on at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so I could I could see him having like a a Miles Sanders type type uh, type year where kind of slowly sprinkle it in um, and then wins people leagues. I think that um, the closer we get to the season, Daryl Henderson is going to be more of a special teams play, I think, than an actual running back. And I think Malcolm Brown is going to be your kind of your Ronald Jones of sorts. And then your Daria Gumbawale could possibly be Cam Akers until people realize that Cam Akers is good and then he's running early downs. You know, Todd Gurley, his 2018 numbers were pretty awesome. You look at how many, you know, receptions he had out of the backfield back before that whole knee flare up, you know, and you give Jared Goff a running back in Cam Akers who can actually catch the ball out of a backfield and Goff's going to be like, man, I remember when I used to do that with Todd Gurley. That was pretty easy. Todd. And it's weird that Todd Gurley's name is Todd. Like we don't talk about that enough, but just the fact that he's like, Hey Todd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember when Todd used to catch balls out of the backfield. It's very strange. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you don't as stupid as that pick was in the second round, 
you don't invest your first pick in the draft in a running back. And we know the premium value for these RBs is in their first two or three seasons. That's when you get the most bang for your buck. So they're going to use this guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And do we think the Rams are going to be good this year? No. No. So they really be don't. Behind in games, but they they have a nice high powered offense. Yes. But there's going to be a lot of nice game scripts for fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I think but, they're going to be behind a lot or having to stay in these close games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to mean receptions for Cam Akers. I agree 100%, Eddie. All right. Well, Bobby, good job. So we had to cut 10 off. If we had gone to 30, we'd probably be running into about a 2 a.m. time slot here. Uh, but we're giving the people a nice two-hour-plus episode <laughs> in the in the ends of July with nothing else to talk about. But, boys, it's year two. Like, we're, we're taking our game to the next level, Addy. Yeah, we have we have discussed. We, we do want to kind of tighten up. I would be curious to know like what people think of these long ass episodes. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this gets me through a week's worth of commutes. <laughs> Does anyone actually get to the end of these? You know, yeah. Uh, I used to I used to joke to people that don't that don't uh, follow IDP. I'd, I'd always tell them just tune into the first five minutes and the last five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when we you get the yuck yucks and then just tune out. That's like I'll let Allie listen to the first like listen to this funny thing we said about our kids. Yeah, and then I'll immediately turn it off. But the not you know the people that actually get IDP like I want I always wonder are they actually listening to these entire episodes? <laughs> Maybe we could check the stats. We can actually see when the listens fall off. It's probably right around like an hour. I think so. If you look at like you know at least in the listener league, like they're paying attention to the people that you know Adams a Tracy Walker lover. You know they all know Josh likes Max Crosby. They know I'm probably going to reach too high and take Aaron Donald somewhere. So I mean, you know they they know what's going on. They know our babies our, our are scooping fat. up our babies. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, proud of our little babies. That's they great. Our little baby sharks. Really well. They've yeah. been very well. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this little window to the wall segment. A look at our <laughs> listener league. We had some news as well. We heard from the guys over at Bless the Knees. So be sure to check them out wherever you get your podcast. Remember our contest. Send us a screenshot of your written out review on Apple Podcasts and send us a screenshot of you recommending the podcast to somebody else. And you'll get two entries to win a free, soft, beautiful T-shirt in a color of your choosing. Um, we will be back next week, Bobby. We should mention, we should have teased at the top of the show. I don't know what I was doing. We we're still debating if we're going to do another episode, um, next week, but I can tell you for <laughs> sure that as Adam's dog comes into the picture here, this is pig, AKA Titus, the snorer himself, Addy, uh, that Addy, I was just saying, we should have mentioned at the top of the show next Saturday, we have a very special guest, uh, one of the big dogs in the IDP world. Tom Kisslingberry from Dynasty League Football will be joining us on the show. Tom was actually the guy that gave us the retweet that kind of launched this rocket ship on our first episode about a year ago. So very fitting that we get to have Tom on the pod. It's going to be a lot of fun. That will be a Saturday sode, so it should drop later on kind of Saturday afternoon. We may come back at you guys uh, you know, in the earlier in the week with another sode, or it may just be Saturday. We'll see. I don't know, Addy. We haven't decided yet. Me and yeah. Adam decided while you were gone, Josh. Yeah. All right. Uh, pig decided. Pig decided. Uh, how is Pig still conscious? That's what I want to know. He's look falling asleep in his like arms. <laughs> he really is. He's falling asleep in your arms right now. His eyes are like bloodshot red. He's so tired. Yeah. So this is the guy that's been snoring in the background. Um, so sorry about that. But uh, 
Yeah, he's uh, he's usually always near me, so that's just <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes when we're on these stream yard shows. We hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, Bobby. Thanks for the work you put in on the prep, mm-hmm. and uh, look forward to that episode next Saturday with Tom. It should be a lot of fun. We'll also be making some big announcements about our uh, recording schedule for 2020. We're really excited to share those plans with you guys. Big things as always gentlemen thank you all for joining me in Streamyard. y'all take care stay safe and we'll see you next week what's up guys it's josh and one of the things that you may not know about me is that in addition to hosting this podcast with bobby and adam i'm also a writer that is my full-time job but with that said i'm not as avid as a reader as you might think That's because it's hard for me to find time to sit down, crack open a book, and read it. But what I do love are audiobooks. And one of my absolute favorites, and I know as football fans you will appreciate this, is Boys Will Be Boys, The Glory Days and Party Nights of the Dallas Cowboys Dynasty. I know my boy Johnny the Greek loves this book as well. And you have to check out the audiobook version. Author Mori, the narrator, does a fantastic job bringing this crazy, wild, you will not believe it, your jaw will drop story from Jeff Perlman to life in such vivid and rich detail that I really do prefer the audiobook version to the print version. And here's the good news. You can actually listen to it for free. We have partnered up with Audible. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash big3idp, you're going to get a free 30-day trial of Audible. Now, that includes one audiobook plus select Audible Originals. After the trial, you get that same setup with a rotating selection of Audible Originals plus exclusive sleep tracks and guided wellness programs. Audible has the biggest selection of audiobooks on the planet. It's only $14.95 a month after the 30-day trial. You can cancel anytime, and they'll even send you an email reminder before your trial ends. So go to audibletrial.com slash big3idp. Check out Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff Perlman. You are not going to regret it. That's audibletrial.com slash big3idp. Check it out. If you like Big 3 IDP, you'll love the IDP guys. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, basically anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, and I mean, mostly I'm just really sorry about Mike's marriage. That's that's really what I'm here to say. Right, right. If you want hot takes on Mike's failing marriage and talk about poop occasionally, sometimes IDP and fantasy football in general and you like to worship Babu Freak and follow Tony Johns to protect Baby Yoda, that's the place for you, idpguys.org. It's the Big Three, it's the Dream Team. Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the Big Three, it's the Dream Team. Big Three, IDP, let's go.